When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I got Tyler Bowe back in studio. Tyler, how are you, man? Good, man. It's really good to be back. It's good to be back, to have you back. Uh, we also have CB Gold, the grenade. Uh, he is here with us, the intern, the, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, we have a great show. We have Mark Coleman coming on today, uh, as well as Darian Caldwell and Bubba Jenkins will be here. That's three national champions. On one podcast. How fucking cool is that? Uh, people, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm to help you make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help you maximize your potential. Call for strategic advising and support, whether it's for help with a short-term focus goal or for coaching or long-term career management. Among other services, they offer life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Not sure that your needs fall into their realm of expertise. Only one way to find out. That's to call them at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. And book them for long-term coaching today. Use the code ROASTED for 10% off all services. That's right. Go to decipher.com and use the code ROASTED today. Also, Decipher Life is their newly released audiobook, now available for download. If you truly want to make a positive change in your life, you need to hear this book. You can download Decipher Life from iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. Check them out, di-cipher.com. Also, tip a fighter. We talk about it every week, how underpaid fighters are. Okay, some of these fighters are getting one and one, five and five, two and two. And you know what? It's ridiculous to get that kind of uh, not making as much money when the services they provide and how much effort goes into their training camps, their Six-week camps or eight-week camps, and then they got to pay money to their, you know, team, and then their manager, and then their lawyer, and then their trainer. It's just ridiculous. So we can make a difference at tipafighter.com. Tipafighter.com, we can directly tip the fighters. Fighters, there's no reason you should not be on this, okay? You can make more money, and I don't know about you, but I like extra money. I love looking in my pocket and finding an extra $20, $50, $100, okay? Finding a phone number. So... Tipafighter.com, join them today. Ah, oh, man. So we, we, uh, we had a show on Friday. Uh, it was kind of a short weekend, uh, but uh, it was good. At Friday night, I had a show at the Comedy Union. That was fun. It's uh, very black, yeah. uh, but I love it. It's on Pico, and uh, they're fun, man. Black people, I find black audiences are way, like, sometimes the white crowd, or, you know, you say a joke, and they get offended, and then you're fucked the rest of the set. You know, like, they, yeah. they get... They get they take things too personally. Whereas like with black crowds, they'll go, ooh, and the next joke, they love it. It's like they love, it's, it's just, I don't know. I had a really good time. And if you win them over from the start, they'll, they'll go with you. Oh, I love it. In fact, I did a Laugh Factory last night. I had two shows at the Laugh Factory, Chocolate Sundays. And uh, it was a blast, man. Jesus, I was just, I was on fire. I gotta say, I was really, really happy with my set. I was just going out there. It was Crush Fest. I fucking took no prisoners. Just, it was uh, it was it was fun. It was fun. I um I went on a hike, 
uh, with uh, this new girl I've been dating. Yeah? Uh, yeah, she's, she's fun. We, we took the dog for a hike. It was hard because my dog, Miles, was used as bait for pit bull fighting. So yeah. if he sees dogs, he, like, he goes for the kill. So I constantly have to hold him back on hikes. But he was good this time. What did you do, like Runyon? We did, we did, we did Fryman Canyon. Okay. It's a great cheap date. You, know, you, spend, oh, yeah. you spend no money. You get to look at your girl in yoga pants. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's great. I, I have a good time. You know, um, you can see what she looks like, uh, a little sweaty and breathing heavy. I was actually sweating more. Than, I was like, uh. the first five minutes, I was like, fuck, I'm not, this is actually, I'm, I'm out of shape. <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. But uh, I had a good time doing the hike. And, um, and then this girl, at the, uh, I had to get this, this pilot thing done. I had to write like a pilot over the weekend. Uh, and uh, I had a, it was like this chick from the show hits me up. She's like, hey, I'm at the W by, by myself afterwards. And she was, she was pretty smoking hot. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got work to do. Uh, I got a girl I like. I don't want to fuck things up. So I turned it down. Yeah. Turning down pussy. Always, uh, always tough, though. Always a tough thing to do is turn down pussy because cause you never know when you're going to get it back. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you also never know when that time, you know, it might not work out. Like I used to say there was like, I used to want to have girlfriend insurance, like for all, like, because when you have a girlfriend, <laughs> yeah. you turn down tons of puss, but you should be able to, like, when you break up, get all that puss back. But, you know, just somehow a service like, where... Like, put it, let's, like, put it in a Netflix queue. You're like, can I just hang on this for later? Yeah, because I've actually, I've actually turned down chicks and then tried to get it back afterwards when I was single, and it never works out. The time is over. You look like an asshole. You know, maybe you've gained a little weight. They don't look different. It's just, it's never the same. One time I actually, I, I turned out a threesome, and then I was in, I was in like, Milwaukee or something. I went back to do a college there. I drove three hours to have the threesome again, and nothing. I ended up staying at the Holiday by myself. It was <laughs> fucking pathetic. So... But uh, yeah, it's, you never. You it's like, the, but whatever. The know? thing about you is, you're saying you know, you never know when the next thing is. But with you, the next thing is probably going to be like three nights later. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I didn't want to say it. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I could get hit by a truck. You know, my my dick could fall off. You never know. My friend, my my friends were taking TRT, and he he like swears by it, testosterone, and he's like trying to get me to take it. But I don't know. I think you like gain weight. I heard it's not good for you. But uh, he's saying it, 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 he wakes up with boners now every day. Uh, he said he never used to wake up with boners. Now he wakes up with boners. He's trying to get me to do it. But I, I, don't know. I wake like, up with a boner every day. Really? And I don't have TRT. Really? You wake up with a boner every day? Yeah, dude. And then do you bang your wife or no? Uh, she's usually gone at work by then. Is that why you have a boner? Probably. Nice. All right. <laughs> is, so, it, is it necessary or he just started doing it just He said he's been doing it for – he's like 43 years old, 44. He said he's, he was his, 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 his testosterone felt like he was down. So he, his like buddy gets him over the counter. I would get some – like he, he just woke up one day. He's like, I don't think I have enough testosterone yeah, and he's, today. Yeah, and he's been taking it. Because he has to do that the rest of his life. Like, really? I'm, not, I'm not angry yeah. enough and I'm not making enough bad decisions. Yeah. Have, mean, have you ever taken it? No, but I know enough like from, from talking to the guys that were using it in the UFC and listening to whatever. But if you get on TRT because you need it, you're supposed to be on it the rest of your life. Okay. Like Chael. And he said, you know, I got to be on it forever. And they're telling me I can't take it. You know, I, I, there's nothing I can do. And then he said, you know, me and my wife want to have a kid. I can't have a kid unless I'm on this. So it, it causes somewhat of a debacle in terms of those types of things. And, you know, so if people just, you know, I want more testosterone. I don't want to be yoked out of my head. It's like, I, I, I no, I don't not, think that's the best decision. Not a good idea. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take it. I was thinking about it, but I'm like, I have enough. T- I, need, I, need, I need less TRT. I need, <laughs> I need actually like testosterone reduction therapy. Uh, maybe I'll 
And a, I think you can just with, be more active if you finally get the fucking ACL surgery that you def, desperately I know. need. April 20th. It's this problem is this TV show I've been doing, it keeps getting pushed back and keeps getting pushed back. And that's what's fucking up my ACL surgery. Because I feel like you're going to be a lot more active once it's done and you're ready to go. Because I know you do the wrestling practice now, but I know you want to get back into jiu-jitsu. I don't even do wrestling practice. Season's over. So, yeah, I know. I want to get back into jiu-jitsu, boxing, uh, cardio. Uh, hip, I want to take hip-hop classes. All, all kinds of stuff. So, anyway, where have you been, Tyler? Uh, uh, just on the road a lot. I just got back from Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, which but why have you awesome. not been in the podcast? Uh, well, uh, I, so I got the second baby, and Miranda just went back to work a couple weeks back. And I just, uh, dude, I'm trying to get childcare figured out. I had to fire this babysitter. Why? She just, she's just super flaky, man. She, she like, this is the kind of girl, like, you text, and she won't get back to you forever. And then she's like, okay, yeah, I can babysit from this time to this time. And then, like, the last time uh, I came down here to do the podcast, she called me an hour before. And she's like, she's in college, and she like calls me an hour before she's supposed to show up, and she's like, uh, it was her birthday the day before. She's like, I was out late, I'm not feeling well, and I'm uh. like, you're hungover. She's like, I've been throwing up all morning, and then I'm like, all right, do I want, do I have her come anyway because I gotta, you know, have someone watch the kids? Was she or, hot? No. Um, <laughs> or do not that that matters anyway, but I'm like, uh, do I or do I do I even feel good about having someone who's hung over and throwing up coming to watch my kids? No. So it's like and she just she's done a few stupid the, dude, the first time she babysat for me, she fucking locked herself out of the house with the kid. Really? With my son. Now, lucky I ha- luckily I had a uh, I hit a key at, outside. We have like a little shed in the back and she calls me like two hours after I left and she's like. You know, as a parent, you're like, hey, call me if anything comes up. And so where did you find this babysitter? Um, like a friend of a friend. She's like a... Uh, Not a very good friend. A daughter, <laughs> she's a daughter of uh, some, like, uh, some other mom that my wife knows. And she was like, she's a good girl. She's in college, and she seems like a nice girl. But right, let's just... wrap the story up a little bit. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Uh, of course you are. We missed uh, you. No, dude, I, I've been going crazy. Like, uh, you know, uh, missing the podcast and just trying to get this all sorted out. But we let her go, and I found another uh, reliable uh, uh, babysitter. So hopefully things will work out. Good, because you're, you're flaking on us, man. Greg Wilson fucking took a job with Byron Allen because we think of clean comedy, you think of Greg Wilson. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and now, now you're not here. Dude, so I, pr- I promise you, like I said, I'm not flaking. I'm just trying to get it worked out, and I think hopefully uh, things will be better now. And But also, the, I've been out of town too, man. Um, there was a couple of podcasts I missed, not because I couldn't have done it, but because uh, the schedule had to change because because of, of travel and all that stuff. But uh, um, well, so, it's good to have you back, man. dude. It's good to be back. I've been cr- crazy watching all these events and stuff, and I'm like, oh, I, I want to get in and talk about all this stuff. And well, we're going to talk about it in two seconds. But first, we have a really important issue here. It's come to my attention that CB has a hot sister. Uh, CB Go, we've talked Mother about it. Motherfucker. Uh, now, <laughs> sister fucker. According to CB's girlfriend, she's smoking hot. She's got two kids, so you know she puts out. Um, oh, my God. So, how hot is your sister? I'm pulling up a picture because I'm fucking opening Pandora's box on this one. I want to open up her box. Now, right. now she's... Dude, I'm, I'm going to tell her to listen to this one. Now, she'll, she'll kick your ass. Now she's, now, she's a 10. Your girlfriend's saying she's a 10. Damn, she is. A, she's hot. Are those real boobs or no? She's got fake tits too. Wow, <laughs> nice. CB's sister has some nice, big ass, fake Jewish tits. Listen, um, so now what is this? Now we're going to have a contest. Who can pick up CB's sister? Okay? I bet well, you nobody fucking wins. Now I want everybody on Twitter, hashtag 
pick up CB sister. Give us your best CB gold sister pickup line, okay? And we're going to have a contest. No? I think Tanya Hevinger already won that. <laughs> Top, all right. Well, I'm happy. So CB sister is hot. We're excited about this. This is very, very big news. Now, uh, let's. we're going to do... Uh, talk about the fights uh, that happened yesterday. Mark Hunt versus Frank Mir. I saw that happening. I mean, fucking who, called it. It was yeah. so, it was so easy to call that I thought it might not happen. It was one of those things where it was so obvious. I'm like, you know what? But that was the that was the easy pick. Uh, Frank Mir. Look, I like Frank Mir. He's a legend. He, he at one point he was he he's a star. He beat yeah. Brock Lesnar the first time. He was a UFC champion. Two time heavyweight. Two time champion. However, I think it may be time to. To wrap it up for uh, for Frank Mir, you know? yeah. I mean, you also want to root for him too because he's so intelligent about the game. He he's so knowledgeable about MMA. So you look at this guy as this guy who's a great fighter, but he's also a smart fighter, and he, he's obviously I think he's got a career too in commentary and uh, all that if if he wants to go that route. But yeah, man, he's just he's been in there and he's taken some beatings. Say commentarian. What I said, commentary and oh, I thought he was a commentarian. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I don't think that's a <laughs> As word. Opposed to commentator, I like commentarian. Commentarian. Better. It sounds yeah. very regal. Yeah, I'm a commentarian. No, uh, he did great work for like the WEC and um, uh, he was great in WEC. Um, but uh, dude, he's taken some 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 tough beatings in there. His chin's definitely not. Uh, well, he now, hold well up. now he has four of them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I'm a Frank Mir fan, but that was yeah. hard to watch. CB, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, watching it, you know, you see Mark Hunt come out, a little tentative at first. Every time he goes to throw that straight right, Frank Mir's kind of ducking under it. I'm like, dude, throw the uppercut. And he just, I mean, Frank had to go in there kind of scared. Yeah. Just thinking, you know, if this guy hits me, it doesn't matter with what, it's over. The one thing I actually, I want to pose a question to both you guys and see your thoughts. Some of my friends were messaging me and whatever, and they're like, oh, I hate that walk-off KO shit. Frank could have – Frank was ready to defend himself or go for a submission. I'm like, I don't think so. He I say, think- He say Frank from a murder. Frank yeah. was – Frank was – his hands were down. His chin was – he was lying there. If Mark uh, – my dad even said – you know, my dad's talking about – actually made a really good point about – I was explaining to him why MMA is safer than boxing. You know, you less sparring. You three rounds versus 12. You don't have three – he goes, yeah, but – my dad said, however, when you're lying down on the ground and someone's just punching you, it's, you have nothing to defend yourself. You don't yeah. have your legs or you, you have no head movement. You're just – you're a fucking sitting duck. Uh, so that – I mean you don't want to be lying on the ground with Mark Hunt on top of you. It- I want to say, like, absolute respect to Mark Hunt. I love that guy as a fighter, and and that's the walk off thing. I think some people think of that as like a cocky maneuver, like, yo, I just knocked this dude out, like, and I'm gonna walk away. I, I think, I mean, there's a little bit of the showmanship there, but I think it's respect. He knew the fight was done. He didn't need to. He didn't need to jump on him and start pounding him out. It was over. My dad also liked the fact that Hunt has a, a high on his on his neck. Yeah, my dad's like, oh, it's, he's it's actually not a high. Oh, what is it? It's um, it's a, it's like uh, a and then uh, a noon. So I think it's like Khan. Yeah. Oh. So for because no, my dad thinks he's like Jewish. My dad, he's not Jewish. No, because <laughs> Chai is actually the Chek and then the Yud. Chai so is actually what Nick Diaz it's, is. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Go on. Um, no, that means life. But like, I don't know what his is. I think it's just the Hebrew. You don't know his last name. You're fired, dude. This is this is. You're having a tough day. You're lucky no, you have I've, a hot I've sister. I've always looked at Mark's sister. Uh, Mark's sister? <laughs> no, Why are you looking Mark. at Mark's sister? Mark Hunt, did you hear that? CB Gold is looking at your sister. I, I've, okay. I'm trying to always look at that tattoo, and I think it's just the Hebrew lettering for his last name. But in terms of hitting Mir again, especially with how far down the road Mir is, 
even one extra punch on that would have been horrible. Yeah. I will say if Steve Percival was the ref, hmm. Mina would oh still be God. getting hit right now. We're going to get into that right now. But, uh, that fight was hard to watch, man. Uh, obviously, you know, everyone knows I'm a Hector Lombard fan. Uh, we've had him on the podcast, I don't know, probably more than anybody. He sent me uh, a, a sweatshirt that I love to wear. He sent me a T-shirt. He couldn't have been a nicer guy when I met him. Uh, that was really, really difficult to watch. First of all, I thought that fight should have been stopped in the first when I first in the, when he was winning. Although I'm happy it wasn't in hindsight because you know Neil Magny. Hats off to Neil Magny. Jesus Christ, uh, I did not see that coming. Um, especially, I mean, my parlay, my, my parlay was fucked up with Steve Boss. So at that point, I didn't even care. But I couldn't believe it how Neil how tough Neil Magny is because Hector hit him with the kitchen sink and. Man, that Hector, you know, everyone's, people who keep saying the whole steroids thing, look, he, he did get busted with steroids last year. He texted me those, those, the screenshots that it, he honestly did not know what he was taking. I believe him. I don't know why I believe him. I'm totally biased. I agree. Because he's been on our podcast, I believe him. However, he also fought a long time. What I feel bad about Hector was, number one, he took all those shots. I mean, the, the 75,000 unanswered God. shots. What the, that guy should never be refing. A guy shouldn't referee at Foot Locker. That guy is fucking horrible. <laughs> Ban that guy. It was something like 125 strikes that Neil Magny landed on the ground. Ridiculous. That was ridiculous. I understand Hector Lombard is tough, but nobody's that fucking tough. Okay, that guy should be disbarred as a ref. Tough or not, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, awful, awful, and awful. It's, it's blatantly against the rules. I mean, how many unanswered – like when they say you, you're not intelligently defending yourself, how many unanswered shots does somebody need to take before they go, okay, this is I, – I, you know, I mean, I've taken unanswered blows before, but only with fat chicks because they give really <laughs> good blowjobs. No, but, no but, I'm, but I'm saying that that was ridiculous. That was preposterous, and uh, I felt terrible. I mean, that really – I couldn't even watch it. I was screaming at the TV, stop the fight. My dog was hiding in the closet because when I scream, my dog gets scared. And yeah. He goes in the closet, uh, kind of like CB in the closet. Okay, but I'm telling you, that was ridiculous. Uh, and I, I felt terrible. And uh, that guy uh, – but at Hector Lombard, at the same time, what I also feel bad is that he's kind of old. He's at, what, 37, 38? He's yeah, up he's, there. He's up there. And I feel like his best days uh, – Maybe a little behind him, and I feel like that Bellator run back when he was destroying everyone in Bellator, yeah. when he won like what twenty one fights in a row or something, he, he killed everybody. And I understand he was fighting B opposition, but I would like to have seen. I wish he had the title shot then. I wish when he knocked out Paul Harris in in, in one round that he had the, the title shot then, because I I truly think that Hector Lombard was good enough to be a a, a title. I don't know if he'll ever get it now. I think maybe he's now that five fights. He's number six probably or seven. But I feel like at one point he could have been the, the, the champion. You know, I think with, with Hector, and it's something that we've mentioned about other guys, they always say, you know, Mike Pyle's the best guy in the gym. And I could tell you from watching a guy that he was amazing in the gym. And sometimes it doesn't translate or it just doesn't work out that way. So like Hector, you know, everybody talks about everybody we talk to at ATT. Guy's a fucking monster. He runs through guys in the gym. He was he went in to do the ADCCs and he got submitted in the first round of that. And now he's getting in the octagon. And yeah, he looked good in the first, but when he came out in the second, you could tell like he even had like this little sigh breath that was like he had nothing left. Like, I mean, I he was—he had nothing him. left, and he—he uh, he punched himself out. That's almost like, what if he hadn't landed that big shot? What if he had more energy, and what if he had won the fight? I mean, the, the Hector Lombard that was throwing around Jake Shields looked virtually unbeatable. 
I, I think it was like one of those things where you could even say, you know, first round was a 10-8 for Lombard, and then second round was a 10-8 for Magny, and you're like, wait, how does that even, yeah. like, happen? But that's kind of what it looks like. And and Percival in the third, I think he was trying to overcompensate for the 900 shots It was second. ridiculous. That guy should be disreft, or whatever they call it. The, I mean, he was horrible. The funniest thing about that was there was somebody on Twitter that tweeted Dana White was like, or Dana White said, you know, these refs are stupid or terrible. Somebody tweeted him and said, well, you hired him. He didn't and hire I was, him. And the, he, he goes back and all these people sent him a backlash of like, you know the UFC doesn't hire the refs. No, it's a commission. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, but the thing about oh. Percival, I think he's like a, a black belt. In, in some, I think he's a... He's a. I think he trains because I went on his Twitter feed. I think he actually is like a black belt in some kind of like. So, he, he's not just some guy. Sometimes I wonder if the guy, if the refs, just like if he's in the middle uh, of the fight and all of a sudden he just like zones out and I was like, oh man, that guy's beating that guy. I think he had money. On, <laughs> oh, I gotta stop it. I, I think he had money on Lombard. I honestly think. I honestly <laughs> but, would not be surprised because Hector Lombard also, to his credit, could could have actually landed a big shot in the third and, and won because he's that. He has that much power. It wasn't very likely. He shouldn't have made it to the third. But he shouldn't have made it to the third. You're right. There should be some kind of system, though. If uh, if a fighter can be suspended for uh, misconduct or uh, you know uh, fouls or things like that or uh, drug use, PEDs or something like that, then there should be a system where the refs can be at least maybe a a, a judging panel or commission reviews. And if they feel like the refs uh, are in flagrant violation, they should be able to suspend them for a few events. They would. You'd see a lot more quicker stoppages. But at the same time, guys would get less hurt. There technically is something. It's not a suspension, but they do. The the commissions pay attention because the one thing I was noticing when's the last time you saw Mazzagatti at a UFC event? Or Kim Winslow. Yeah, Kim Winslow was was the next one. They realize this stuff and they're like, wow, this isn't good. Like, we can't have. No, that was horrible. I'll tell you who's a good ref is Frank Trigg. Frank Trigg should be refing fights. He's a really good ref. He and uh, and a guy like that understands. Yeah, they've been, he's yeah. been in there. Hey, guy's been in there. Herb Dean has been in there. Mm-hmm. Big John McCarthy. Uh, I don't know if he's ever had a, any pro fights, but he he trains. He, and he, he has runs his gym. own school. He, he has, has his, his own, own school. Gym. I mean, even uh, Mario Yamasaki, I think, is a. But this guy, I think, trains. He's a brother too, Mario uh, Mario's so, brother. Um, and in, ter- in terms of the rest, it's like you know. Why are you laughing? You say, oh, just you said the guy trains. It's like. I, I, like I said, I don't know if he's just zoning out or. How, he's not zoning out. He he had money on Lombard. I, I mean, allegedly, according to me. Uh, you so, mean on Magni? Uh, no, on Lombard. He was hoping Lombard would come back. Oh, oh, okay. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that really. Listen, I texted Hector. I told him to keep his head up, and you know, I, he he texted me back right away that night, and hopefully he'll be back. I mean, hope. I mean, maybe he, maybe he's he's done. I don't know. Who knows what Hector's done? I hope he, you know. I, lo- I love Hector Lombard, though, and I'm a big fan of Hector Lombard. And- Other fights. I'll tell you what I was actually... I had, so my parlay got screwed with Steve Boss, and I should have actually looked and realized that James Tahuna, I think, had gotten knocked out in the first round of his last three fights. I don't know what I was thinking with that. I didn't see that. that happening, though. Just based on Bossy's <laughs> fight with fucking uh, Tiago Santos. That's what I thought, too. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And they went, uh, Tiago Santos' fight, if I'm not mistaken, was at 185. Yeah. And then Bossy went up to 205, and sometimes it doesn't translate, but Tahuna hadn't fought in almost two years. It 
I picked Tahuna too. I know. I thought yeah. he was going to pull it off easy, make a nice comeback. This might be the sign that he needs to. He needs when call you get knocked it. out four times in a row in the first round. It's yeah. maybe there's a better way to make a living, um, less painful as well. The Rowdy Beck Rawlings fight. That girl was tough. Uh, oh. That 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 Joey set so, so he ham. So he ham. Uh, but Rowdy Beck looked good. She got a vicious uppercut, and I was happy. I think I like the purple hair. I like the tattoos. Uh, people said she looked a little thick. You know, whatever. She's a fucking mother of two. You know, I, I Rowdy Beck is is a hottie to me. I, I honestly, I don't know if she's the kind of girl you'd bring home um, for Thanksgiving. Uh, but you definitely, I don't know. She looks like she'd be a wild, fun, crazy, yeah, possibly absolutely. bipolar. Uh, but. But a great chick. She'd be fun. I, I, every time we talk to her, she has the sweetest voice. That Australian accent does it for me. It's, it's got this, like, this ting to it. It's like, it's like British, but a little more edgy. You're, you, you're a big fan of her, right? Oh, I'm a big fan of her. I was looking forward to this fight, especially being in Australia, so it wasn't too much of a change for her. How long would you last with her, you think? Eight seconds. Eight, eight <laughs> seconds. Wow. Your, your girlfriend looks pissed right now. She looks venomous. Anyway, so... Uh, I'm not even turning around, and I know you're lying. I know. I'm totally lying. <laughs> but, but, uh, it, was, it was a hell of a fight. She put on a hell of a fight. Siohi Ham's tough chick. The only thing I, I noticed about Siohi Ham is if you watch the weigh-ins, and then you see her come in the next day, it looks like she didn't put on a pound. Mm. Rowdy Beck was cut up, ready to go at the weigh-ins next day. She, she was a little thicker, but... That's kind of what you're supposed to do, but she is a fucking brawler. Rowdy Beck, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if she'll ever win a title with that style because it just seems like she was getting uh, a little bit of out, what's it called, uh, out techniqued. You know, like that girl seemed to have, she was quicker and she was, you know, but Rowdy Beck makes it into a dogfight. She puts it in a dogfight. She's she's got a heart of gold. I don't, she doesn't really get hurt that that often, except for that one fight. She got kicked in the head, like her first fight ever or something. And then she, but uh, she's tough. She's a scrapper. And she had the queen Angela Magana. And she had Magana, who has big news for us coming up. I love Rowdy Beck because I, I actually wrote a joke about. I go, well, I heard there was a hooker on the car. That'll be Rowdy Beck. And then <laughs> uh, Magana retweeted it. Those two are funny. I mean, they always ask me to roast them. Uh, they, they, they appreciate it They're, They got really good Senses of humor Magana came to my show Rowdy Beck's Adorable um, And I think we, I think the UFC Needs girls Like Rowdy Beck And And Magana And not everyone Could be Holly Holm yeah. Or You know Misha Tate You kind of need That bad girls Element to it And I think that's The role that they're playing And I, I'm I'm a fan of it I'm, I, I, I like all the chicks There's not a girl There's not a female Fighter that I've talked to on the podcast that I don't like and that I don't cheer for. There has not been one. Uh, so there you go. Now, um, I'll tell you what I was actually shocked by was the Leslie smith Rin Nakai fight. I had money on that because that's what I'm doing now. I'm, like, I'm doing a parlay right, where I bet on three or four fights, and then I'm betting on one lock, one just side bet. And that was my side bet. And I'm like, you know what? That way, I, you know, at $100, I lost 20 So I still – I like 180 bucks on Leslie. Yeah, trying to cover your bets. Out of, out of 50 Now, that was fight was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I don't know if Leslie made it closer by giving up her, 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 her length, but she had a, two feet on the girl, and she gets into a grappling contest. Uh, and Rinda Kai, I think, is a 115-pounder. I don't think she's a 135-pounder. I know she's got muscle. She's five foot fucking one and fat. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck she was doing that entire fight. We're watching it. Who, Leslie like, or Rin? No, Rin. I'm wa- you we're think watching she's fat? Rin? 
She's like way she's muscular. She's muscular. Dude. She could cut to one fifty. She's five foot fucking. No, one. I know she's tiny, but she's built like a fire plug. She, but the entire fight, I'm like, what the fuck is this chick doing? Every time she's like bowing to like throw strikes, and she's already like eight she's inches awkward. shorter. You know what? Yeah. She actually won a round against against Misha. And can somebody tell me why she was wearing what looked like a jockstrap? Uh, yeah, she did have did a cup. She, she, she had a cup. Uh, I'm telling you, though, I like watching her fight. There's something – it's very hard for her opponents to fight her because she's so short and stocky and she's strong and she's got little judo skills, you know. But at the same time, she's beatable. Very, obviously, she's, she's very, I, beatable. I, very beatable. I kept hearing that not only with, uh, with, with uh, the, the Leslie smith Kai fight the, in the commentary – or the commentarians were mentioning uh, – but also with, uh, with Alan Joe Bannon. Saying, "Oh, it's hard to fight the smaller fighter because you gotta." I understand with a with a judo fighter or a, a grapple, you kind of want to stay low so they can't get underneath you. But why are you not standing up a little taller, using your range, keeping her at distance? Because it, it is. But Leslie, that's not how Leslie fights, though. Leslie's a brawler as well. She 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 likes to be like a Diego Sanchez type fighter, just get in there and throw tons of punches. I understand that. It's like when I wrestled my my third to last college match was against a guy that was like three inches taller than me and I lost and because I, it was just the length gave me trouble and, uh, and when you get someone really shorter like a Rinda Kai it's hard to find sparring like that I mean who yeah. are you, you going to bring in fucking Keebler Elves I mean, who, who are you, you going to bring in Dodson I mean seriously you got to bring in short men and, and, and normally <laughs> short men like that aren't built like fire plugs you know yeah. they're, they're short they're lean There's... there are not many guys that, especially in her camp at, uh, and she's always training camps uh, you know she's always not changing camps but she's out of uh, the, the Leslie the, the, she's the, in the, the, the uh, scrap pack I mean how many Rinda Kai's people are there nobody can replicate her that that's the that's the puzzle. Nobody can replicate Rinnikai, um, but you know, I, I and I wanted to say when they went to the ground and Rin was had like the arm triangle and other things, I was like, I was worried. Uh, I was worried, but then when Leslie like kind of finagled her way out of it, who does a fucking like backflip cage walk? Out of an arm triangle to a side back, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, did I just, no, this Leslie's is beautiful. so fucking tough. I love Leslie. It was amazing. It was so much fun to watch, and I thought Leslie was going to bully her for three rounds. It was very entertaining, but Rin, I. Uh, we did a Periscope one time of me, Leslie, and Ron Jeremy at my show, <laughs> and because uh, Leslie came with her, her sister, who's really cool. Leslie wants to be a comedian. She's done comedy right. before. She actually she, she texted me. I, I tried comedy. I have so much more respect for you now. She's such. She's like a. I find a lot of these female fighters are like hippies. Like they're just they're just different. Like Leslie, Sarah McMahon, uh, Heather Joe Clark, uh, even Gina Danger. They live in their own world of like. It's a very beautiful world, but it just consists of like not much. They, they don't give a shit about. I wouldn't say like money and status and stuff. They're just in their own. They like fighting. They like things that are pure. It's a beautiful world to be in. And, and, Le- and, and Leslie is like that. She's a really, really cool chick. And, uh, and, I, and I find that even when like, it comes to – this is separate. When it comes to hooking up with some of these girls, I'd rather be friends with these girls in a lot of ways because they're just cool chicks to hang out with. Yeah. And I don't want to fuck it up by – Giving them the D, you know, unless they want it, you know, and uh, by all means, and, and by all means, but even that, I have to go. Listen, I'll give you the D, but you don't get it, don't get drunk on it. And, and the problem is that some girls that they, they get they get hooked, and you know, and then I'm like, listen, you know, it's hard. You get chicks that you ever get girls drunk on your D. 
That's why me and your sister. No, I'm kidding. No, so I'm saying. Um, Anyways. All right. No, the, I, I do. I also want to say, you know, Anna, I'm proud of Leslie Smith. She looked great. The one thing that I observed of her that I did like was like, you know, she got her ear popped by Jessica I. And those types of injuries or any type of knockout, whatever it is, a lot of fighters will become tentative for the next few fights. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, we'll see how Leslie comes back out. Came out like a fucking warrior. She don't give a fuck. She's the best. What's her record? Like seven and six or something. She's like the best seven and six fighter. And I think, yeah. it's, I think it's better than that. Very talented. There. And she, she's beaten a lot of good girls. And, you know, like a Leslie Smith against... Like, how would Leslie do against Misha Tate? She wants uh, Betchko hair. How would she do it? Like, okay, the good thing about women's MMA right now is that Leslie Smith versus Misha Tate would be very competitive. Very competitive. Uh, Misha probably, uh, you know, a little bit more, might, might outgrapple her or whatever. Competitive fight. I don't know, though. Uh, Leslie Smith, but like, right now, Misha Tate versus uh, Lauren Murphy. Competitive fight right now. And we're, and we're talking about, like, the number eight and nine and ten girl. Okay, is Robbie Lawler versus the number 11 guy going to be that competitive? No. Okay, is uh, uh, Verdum versus the 11 heavyweight? And I'm, yeah, they can land a punch or something or land a. No. But in the female division, Ronda Rousey losing was probably the best thing to happen for women's MMA. Uh, Don't get too comfortable with that, though. Why? I think Ronda gets the belt back. Ronda, she's not even fighting. They're talking about UFC 200. It's going to be rematches. Well, not, because she wants to wait till October. What, when she's filming Roadhouse? And no, Ronda, they scrapped that movie. They scrapped the whole movie? Yeah, they scrapped the whole movie. Really? Yep. Yeah, don't mess with the classic. Right, pretty much right after she lost, they scrapped that movie. And I don't know if it was a correlation, but... Oh, yeah. you, oh you don't know if it was a correlation? I mean, it sounds like a pretty fucking well, big correlation. Well, but you know, it's like the same thing with Gina Carano. That Gina wanted to come back, and her agents were like, "Look, if you fight and you lose, you're losing your star power. We can't have that. So don't fucking." But fight. she wasn't the same level. Gina no, I, but yeah. I, it's it's the comparison. I don't know if Ronda's coming. I, look, do I think Ronda's coming back? Yeah, she probably will come back. But right now, does it look like? I mean, she's training with the same shitty fucking team. Uh, a shitty coach. She I wouldn't pretty, say yeah, team. She don't have a team. Shitty anymore. coach. Okay. Uh, and I'm, you know, she, I mean, and this is coming from her, from her mom. You know, pictures of I've seen a couple of pictures of her lately. Uh, not the most flattering pictures. Uh, doesn't seem like she even wants to be there. Okay, UFC 196 happens, right? Uh, her or 197. The four no, best girls are in her weight class are fighting, and she's at a. a Wrestling event. event. I mean, does it seem like she wants yeah, to come back? Yeah, that's weird. She and should not, have been in that front row. And can I even blame her? No. I mean, with that kind of pressure, and that, look, four people say shit about me on the internet, I get fucking pissed. <laughs> okay? Four million memes come out about me. I, I might be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I gave my whole fucking life to this, and now they're calling me Ronda Drowsy and this and that. Do I blame her? No. I mean, do I understand what? Yes. I can understand why she wouldn't come back, and I understand why she should come back. Would I love to see her back? Sure. Do I think she beats Misha Tate? Probably. Probably. Do I think she beats Holly? No. It's matchups. Yeah. Uh, do I think she beats Holly with a good camp, a great camp, a good coach, a Farasa hobby? Yes. If if she can get, it's 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 so funny how it always ends up with that one thing. If she had an actual double leg instead of having to get the clench every time, Ronda could could um, be undefeated and, and win the next tw- 20 fights but, but she, she has a double Edmonds. leg dude it's no G- and they're not teaching double legs at GFC but she has to have a du- she has a wrestling coach you tell me the wrestling coach doesn't teach yeah, her a double what's leg his name? I don't know exactly <laughs> 
she needs to go to uh, you know Ricky Lindell or go to AKA or I agree. somewhere where they can where she can shoot. Even if she has to pull a Ryan Bader shot from thirty feet, it's like no, just I, fucking shoot. Don't get in the clinch every time. But you know, Misha kind of also showed a little bit of I don't know if it's the full blueprint to beat Holly, but her, Holly's grappling game is not up. I honestly though I honestly think that uh, I hate to say it, I really believe that. And, and I'm sure that her camp's going to tell me differently, and everyone's going to say I'm fucking stupid and full of shit, but I really believe that they worked for years on Ronda, that they, they had her Ronda down to a T, and I don't think they worked as diligently for Misha Tate. Well, uh, I, they I, were more prepared for what Ronda brought than what Misha Tate brought. I, I agree. You know, and it's and it's you know, Winkle John after she wins the title goes, oh yeah, we kind of had her sandbagged the first two because we didn't really want to show Complete her bullshit. true colors. You don't sandbag it. I, I understand, but she, he's like, you know, we didn't want to show her true colors, and then there was that whole thing with Ronda on Kimmel, and I'm I'm not gonna let her hit me, and then get kicked in the face, yeah. and then she gets kicked in the face. No, they probably did train for her because they think you know, this is the one we want. This is what we're gunning for. Where everybody else, in any weight class, any promotion is like. You know, I'm fighting so and so in eight weeks. I got to train for. Dude, I was said at the MMA awards. She won eight MMA awards. I mean, the the chick won eight awards. Ooh, Holly, Holly. Yeah. I mean, she won everything. She cleaned it up. She, I mean, night. she's on the cut. I mean, she's Upset the world of the year, champ. Knockout of the year. You can't tell me that's not going to get in your head a little bit. Uh, and as you know, Misha Tate, you you beat a girl who beat a girl twice. You're, but Holly, look, Holly was a minute away from winning. Also, she yeah. stays away yeah. for one more minute, and Misha doesn't get that that. That duck under, it's a different fight. It's a different fight. It also could have gone to a draw, which she would have kept the belt. Yeah. Now, uh, by the way, while you were gone, he got two more Conor McGregor tattoos. What? So now he has five. And he's blonde, by the way, for listeners. Okay, so CB Gold has two more McGregor tattoos. Just wanted to let everyone know. There's just there's five people. Don't message me on Twitter like, you have seven now? No, there's there's five total. So uh, TJ, only five. So TJ Dillashaw is very upset that Faber got title shot. And you know what? I don't blame him. Uh, you know, TJ Dillashaw, I honestly think a guy like Dillashaw, who, who beat Burrell twice, uh, who, who defended his belt against Joe Soto and with other, other people, he should get an immediate a rematch. It was, uh, it was a close fight. People had Dillashaw winning that fight. I mean, however, it's in L.A., yeah, Uriah Faber's Mr. Cali, yeah. and he's going to sell tickets, and mm-hmm. his one last hurrah, and you could, you could argue that Faber deserves for what he's contributed to mixed martial arts, which is a lot. I mean, he carried the WEC at one point, uh, I believe. Everyone that I knew was like, they, they, they put him in there like, Uriah Faber, maybe, maybe this is his last hurrah. And he, and he did beat Cruz. It is one and one. Granted, he beat him, yeah, he yeah. beat him in, in 1974, long, yeah. but he still beat him. Um, but he gets title shots. That's what he does. He should change his nickname <laughs> from the the California kid to the title shot kid. Um, but are we done? Are we we, we can't move on because we got to talk about Alan Jovan. We didn't oh, talk yes. about that fight, and man. That fucking Matthews case war that okay, was amazing. Uh, there's still some stuff we got to. Uh, so, uh, dude, so stoked to watch him back in there, just doing exactly what he does, which is. Uh, he he makes it exciting. So he took a couple of shots. He looked like he almost uh, when uh, it's like uh, a foot sweep or something. Right? He got yeah. taken down with a foot sweep, and he he had back control for a minute. But Allen got out, and then he just turned it into a firefight, man. And that was such an exciting, fun fight, dude. Those standing elbows, just I love. Big Alan. props to Allen Joe Band, man. So happy for yeah, you. Yeah, super super happy. Allen is like 
everything I want my son to be. Uh, he is such he's such a nice guy, class act. He's a killer. I mean, as good looking as he is, and a Versace model, he could be the biggest douchebag in the world. Yeah. I mean, I've met a lot bigger douches with a lot less, and this dude is the kind of guy that will like walk grandmas across the street and save kittens and hang out with old people. He is such a good guy. Yeah. Almost to the point where you think he might be a serial killer or something where like there's like there's no one can be this 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 good of a dude. But yeah, Alan Dubon, hats off. I was really, really happy for him. Really happy for him. And uh and you know, hopefully this will lead to the next big fight. You know, he I feel like the UFC's sort of not taking advantage of what they have. Alan Zuban should be what Sage Northcutt tried to be. I mean, he's a legit, like, beast. Yeah. And he's good everywhere. Good everywhere. Uh, so happy for Alan. The other thing I loved about watching him fight, and that was one of the fights where if, if a guy I like, really like, or I know him very well, and they get, like, an impressive win, I flip out and start running around screaming. And that was, like, that was on the prelims, and I'm losing my shit. And if anybody yeah. else was watching it with me, they'd probably be like, why do you care so much? Where were you like, watching it? I was at home, actually. Dude, I was, I, was, I was at a patio, at a Starbucks patio in Scottsdale. And really? I, I was going nuts, and people were looking at me, and I'm like, all right, let's tone it down a little. So the great Bubba Jenkins just showed up, NCAA champion, ranked number five in the world in Bellator. Uh, the man, great father. What's up? Loving husband. I just got to say this real quick. What's that? <laughs> you guys you guys already in full-fledged flow and everything? Yeah. I just got to say this. There are people out there that are annoyed with my tardiness, with my lack of punctuality. I have seen this on Twitter once or twice. And all I got to say is shut your dumb ass up, okay? First of all, I'm coming here straight from practice. It takes me an hour to get here, and God forget, God forbid I forget my clothes for after the show. Then I'm sitting in this chair with a soggy-ass, wetty-ass, sweaty-ass drawers. Yes. So I am doing what I have to to be here to entertain you fans. Yes. So if you are mad at my lack of punctuality. I'm giving you shit. I don't know. They, they freaking love you. They, eat they, shit. They, they actually want to see more of you and well, hear more of you. Well, I'm here. Way. So how are you, man? Someone said fire Bubba J. Shut your dumb ass <laughs> up. Okay. What are you been up to? Uh, training was good today. We're going over grappling all week this week. I'm actually trying some triangles and some, you know. No way. Yeah, man. I, I threw a triangle today. I didn't complete it, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm evolving. I, I'm focused right now on getting better. That's really. Yeah. That's really. awesome. That's right. And then how was uh, your weekend? What did you do? Church? My weekend was good. I did go to church. Um, Is that a black I, church I, or white church? It was It was a mixed crowd, but it was more of a white church. It oh, was, wow. It was more of a white church. So no like dancing or break dancing or anything? No, no. There was some, <laughs> there was some off-tune singing a little bit. <laughs> Um, a couple off-tune claps. Some Everyone's claps on, on the yeah, one, they're the one and two. on the one and two. Yeah, there's some offbeat claps, but you know the song was you know it wasn't bad singing. You <laughs> nice. know, I mean it wasn't great. It wasn't soulful. It didn't make you feel like you was going to Big Mama's house, but you know it was it was still cool. Did you watch NCAA's? Uh, every minute of it. Every second you watched of the, it. everything from the quarterfinals to the semifinals to, to the, the constellations to really? the metal rounds to uh, all of it. And what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, oh, man, Penn State looks amazing. I mean, and 
they look amazing now and they'll look amazing for the next couple of years. I mean, they've won five out of the last six and people were like, oh, are you pissed at Penn State? I put this on Twitter. I'm not, I mean, I was at a Penn State alumni, so to speak, before I went to Arizona State. I was there for four years. I'm all American for them. I'm on their wall. I mean, I, you'll see me in more Penn State clothes and, and, uh, and wrestling gear when you look on the internet than you will in Arizona State gear because I did four years of it. I love Penn State. I just didn't like, you know, management there. Right. But, you know, even then, I, you know, I apologize to those guys and, you know, hoping that the whole Penn State thing is all behind us. We're all older now. Do you but, think you could have been more, more mature at all? Or Yeah, definitely. I, like I said on Twitter, I said if I, if I was a little bit older, you know, things probably would have worked out better. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in the right mindset to give up anything that I had already gained at that point. You pinned David Taylor in the finals, dude. That's right. It's pretty damn awesome. How many pins were there in the finals this year? How many? Zero. Zero. I was hoping someone else knew that, so I didn't, <laughs> you know, so I wasn't dropping my own lines. But, now, yeah. now, uh, now, I mean, does it, when you watch that, do you think, like, does it give, bring you, like, memories of, like, you and Oh, yeah, I get, I get, when, when kids win, like, there was a, I think the 74-pounder um, black kid, and yes, he was a black kid, um, and the fact, he won, and he was a true freshman. Last year, he was wrestling in high school, and he won this year, being, I think, the 11th seed. And the way his dad was, you know, I think his dad almost came to tears and he was crying. And that gave me goosebumps because, you know, I didn't win it like he wanted. I wanted in a different fashion. But the excitement that he feels, I know what that feels like. You can't buy that. You can't purchase it online. There's nowhere you can get that except for in the moment he got it. And I know what it feels like. And it's, it's amazing. It was that is amazing. awesome. So you get, you know, you get goosebumps on your on your arms and on the back of your neck. There was one judo kid I watched in the con- semifinals. Yeah, that, the, that one kid. The kid from America. Yeah. The they kid always the- got, America's <laughs> always got some funky kid that's really good. Man, you know, America University or America State, I don't know what it's called. but I, don't, I haven't, I got it all TV'd, but that one kid it, Somebody took a shot. He did a cartwheel out of the way. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. I've what done he was that. Doing. I've, I've done that. But he he likes throws. He likes to scare people. And um, I I like the kid, but I only watched him because there was a I was a mentor to a kid named Joey Dance. He was the number two seed, and that kid upset him. So I was a little bit sad. He was a Virginia Tech kid, but he got upset by the the judo kid. He's so. hard to hard to go. He's against. hard to wrestle. He's, he's he hard. squats four fifty yeah. or something. He's one twenty five. Yeah, he's what? yeah he's just one of those kids that yeah. like. That kid might be good at MMA. And he doesn't react the way you're supposed to as a wrestler. You know, it's like wrestling someone who doesn't know how to wrestle. You, when you fake at them or when you do something, you expect them as a wrestler to think and do what, you're, you know, what the reaction would be. Because he's a judo guy, he doesn't react the same, so you don't get the same kind of uh, timing as you would when you know, you're wrestling a real wrestler. So it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, no, I, I was enjoying watching. The, the, the fans were all about him. Yeah, you could tell because I mean he's doing cartwheels. Yeah, and, and like doing weird stuff. He'll and, throw you. Now, did ASU have anybody that placed? Um, I didn't see them this year, uh, and I was a little bit saddened by that. That's what people should have been asking me about. Are you saddened that you know ASU is not in the forefront? But I already know that this next. These next couple of years, are, the ASU reign will. I think it's too many hot chicks at ASU. I think it's just it's too distracting. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, but I think the guys who really want to win will will, will make it. I work don't know. For them. I just feel like if you go to a school like even Penn State, there are some hot girls, but not that many. No, it's there's fucking, a lot of hot girls. At it's Penn cold. State. 
Yeah, but when it gets warm, I I guess it's cold. When it's cold at the right time, it's cold at the right time for wrestlers because wrestling season is around the cold time, so all the girls are covered up. But when it's in the off season, that's when a lot of guys don't get better. That's what's holding you back is a sweater and a hoodie. No, you can't compare with ASU and UGG boots. We had this conversation (laughs) a few podcasts ago. The ASU chicks are just yeah, they're on another level. Different level. The Hanato one we had. It's a different level. They're 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 skinnier. They're, they're, they've got bigger, fatter asses. They're yeah. tanner. Yep. They've they're got the fake tits. more they're, exotic. They're prettier. You, you really don't know what they are, really. They, At Penn State, you're going to get white girls, black girls, or mixed girls. Yeah. At Arizona State, you don't know what you got to get. And then, <laughs> it's and like you're, a box and you're, of and you're, wrestling, you're wrestling, and you're like, man, fuck this. Like, yeah. I could yeah. just go, fuck losing it's weight. It's always nice outside. It's beautiful. Yeah, There's so many are, pool parties, night parties, pool parties. Yeah, people are hopping over the fences to get, get to that school. I'm telling you, that's why all the Mexicans are going there. They're, they're just, they want to just be around... <laughs> ASU. That's it's unbelievable. I, I don't know. I mean, how many kids do you have in Arizona right now? Honestly, in Arizona, yeah, at Arizona State. No, how many kids do you personally have that you don't know about? Oh, I, <laughs> I would say on the lower end of five or six. Seriously? No. Uh, Come on. Well, you always seriously. <laughs> really? No, really? Seriously? You have five or six kids? Yeah. yeah always, I just don't claim them. I only treat the ones that no, I care about. No, but I had. I've heard from other people that you were just. Rush and run it. I know your wife isn't here today, so we could talk yeah. about this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would talk about it with her, but no, I I, I did well at Penn State. Were you I mean, using rubbers the back then or no? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, kids out there, be smart. Use rubbers, okay? Yeah. I mean, your okay. kids are just kids in general. Both. Nice. Both. Right. Don't end up with that child support. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, now, were you always using rubbers with your wife, or like, do you do you like? Uh, if you don't want to have a kid, use protection. Right. Really? Yeah, but you're on birth control, no? Uh, sometimes they are, but sometimes they make plans without you. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, how many, really. How many abortions have you had to pay for? I wouldn't say oh. many at all. Not many. That could Look, be seven. That's vague. Just got dark. <laughs> Look, that's vague. No, it's been dark. No, got I, here. So, <laughs> no, I didn't pay for any abortions. I was always a smart guy. I knew what I wanted to be and wanted to do, and you know, I just made it happen the way I needed to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And my pullout game is strong. I used to have a what? Plan, I used to have a plan per credit card. I used to have a. <laughs> I had like miles. I had frequent flyer miles. Now listen, I'm, I'm kidding. Now, uh, we are going to call someone right now who is a Olympian wrestler. Yeah, I want to turn my, ear, my He's a, on. I think, a, a two-time national champion. Am I right? Uh, he's one of the, I, I think, one of the best MMA wrestlers uh, of all time. He is the, grand, the, the father of ground and pound, uh, which is something that Bubba Jenkins does. He's also Kevin Randleman's wrestling coach. Got Randleman into mixed martial arts. He uh, Nothing. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of this guy. Yeah. Who can you give us a name? Damn it, you Mark should... Coleman. Damn, finally. You, know, you know who that is, right? Yeah. The Hammer. Yeah. The Hammer. Finally. Well, he was the UFC 10, UFC 11 tournament champion, the first UFC heavyweight champion, the Pride Fighting Championship Open Weight Grand Prix division, UFC Hall of Famer, and Shogun's only loss in Pride. What? And Shogun's only loss in Pride. And Shogun's only loss in Pride, from Ohio. Wrestled for Miami University, two-time Mid-Atlantic Conference champion, senior year with transfer to Ohio State, won an NCAA championship. Out of college, he was uh, awarded a spot on the U.S. wrestling team, placing second at the FILA World Championship in Bulgaria, and seventh in the Olympics in 1992. Hello. Hey, is this Mark Coleman? 
It's Mark Cohen. Hey, you're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Bubba Jenkins, NCAA champion in Bellator, ranked number fifth in the world, comedian Tyler Bowe, and MMA uh, encyclopedia CB Gold. How are you, man? Doing all right. You snuck up on me. Oh, I know. Well, I came out quick. I know. Yesterday it was so funny, man. I was trying to get you to be on the podcast, and you said you your public speaking. You're actually scared of it, and you were actually nervous, and you don't like doing interviews. And I kind of talked you into it. It was actually one of the coolest conversations I had, and it was very. Uh, it just shows you how much of a real guy you are. How are you, man? I'm doing okay. Like I said uh, last night, I do a lot better one on one. With you, yeah, and uh, I was messing with you fifty percent of the time at least, and uh, you didn't get it. I, I got I it. I roasted your ass. <laughs> I roasted you. It's true. It's true, man. It's true. Uh, you were one of my favorite fighters, but man. No, honestly, when you, when you did call, I didn't I didn't put two and two together. I didn't realize it was MMA roasted. I thought it was. Uh, I, I just thought it was some podcast starting up, and I don't just give interviews like I give out a piece of chiclet, you know? Yeah. So and all of a sudden I realized, oh, this is going to roasted. You guys are ranked in the top 20 in the world, aren't you? Fuck yeah, we are. Absolutely. Top 20? You're going to accept that? Hell yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're number one. We are number one. We're number well, one. That's what I'm saying. I, it was an insult. I said top 20. I thought for sure you were going to say, what the, what the F? I can't say that word because I told you my mom don't like it. Gotcha. You of guys course. don't have a beaver button. Of course. No, we're but, number one. Uh, yeah. We're number one, just like you were. Just like You're you number are. one. Seriously. Seriously. I mean, I'm serious. I rank people, and I, I would have put you up in my ranking as because uh, I don't follow it enough, but I mean, Rosa has to be in the top. I have to give a little wiggle room for number one. <laughs> So I would say top three. Yeah, we're definitely top three, man. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of number one, uh, you were uh, number one in the world. You were a uh, you were the UFC champion at UFC ten, UFC number eleven. You were the Pride champion. Uh, you were the Godfather of Ground and Pound. Uh, you're a legend, man, and it is an honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, what have you been, What have you been up to? What's new in the life of Mark Coleman? Well, thank you for that, but uh, it's, it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, I'm just uh, uh, getting into my life story. And I try to take it one day at a time. And uh, uh, shit, man, you know, I wish I wasn't in, you know, I, I don't want to go into my pain situation, but no, three hips and uh, back and the other hip, I accept it. I totally accept it because... Growing up as a five-year-old kid, I looked at my heroes and my idols, and that's what I became. And if you're not walking a little crooked at my age, you probably got your ass whooped. (laughs) (laughs) But you also have a kid that's one and a half, so your hips aren't that bad, right? Pardon me? You also have a baby, right, that's one and a half years old? Yes, I do. I mean, I've been... I've been, yeah, hanging out with her all day. No. That's, uh, ooh, that's like getting in the cage. <laughs> now, I remember, I remember watching. It's great. I remember, no, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She's a uh, man. I got a 16- and 18-year-old daughter. That's what, that's life. 
Yeah, that is awesome. And uh, I, I got to try to be the best I can for these girls. I would hate to be the guy that tries to date one of your daughters. Uh, that would be the wrong. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a statement I've heard for <laughs> ever, and that's not really a, a it, it really has no meaning because any man out there, he's going to date my daughter without fear of me. He'll deal with the repercussions later, but no, it, the, don't want to date my daughter. That's not the way to go. I learned well. You gotta you gotta accept whoever your daughter loves right. or likes. Otherwise, they'll sneak around the corner. That's a good point. So you gotta keep them close. Very good. now. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I started. I started over. Sixteen and eighteen, seventeen and eighteen. And now one and a half with a new girlfriend. It's uh, it's a blessing, and uh, <clears throat> and keeps me keeps me on my toes because she's already faster than me. Not like I was always, not like I was ever <laughs> that fast. But no, I can't cape up to her. She can run faster than me already. Now, Ooh. I remember watching uh, the Smashing Machine. That was my first actually yeah. uh, view into mixed martial arts. Was watching that, and uh, now that was that was an incredible documentary. Um, Did you ever think that MMA was going to be as big as it gotten? Well, you went from one question to the next. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not very good at questions. Talking about the Smash Machine, and then you said, (laughs) "Yeah, the Smash Machine." Not because I'm in it, but honestly, that thing came out and it, it mesmerized me because that was not the way the documentary was supposed to go. It was really kind of supposed to go as uh, friends of Mark Kerr were following him around and he's 20 and 0 and they're going to follow him around for six months and watch him win the Pride Grand Prix. That was the boring game plan of the Smash Machine, but luckily it had a bunch, not luckily because there's a lot of sad things in it, but it did have a lot of twists, and it turned out to be mm, HBO's number one documentary of the year. So I, you know, I, I do like watching that. Happy and sad feelings in there. But mixed martial arts is what question you jumped into. When I when I walked into the cage, UFC ten, I had already watched the first ten, trying to figure out how I get in there. I was wondering if this is really real or not. That's how brutal it was and beautiful, beautifully brutal. But I did know when they finally, if they finally get me in there, deep down inside, I I knew this was mine. But I didn't have the balls like a tank habit to say it. Right. So I. I could have got on there, and after 15 years, you realize you have to open up or else you aren't going to get paid, but I wish I would have took that mic in UFC 10 and told the people what deep down inside what I was thinking that night, but instead, I just did a real shy, I'm Mark Coleman from Columbus, Ohio, I'm going to bring your title home, so, that was it, you know? So tell us, what, were you, th- no, so, I, so what were you thinking back then? Tell us right now. I've said it before. Uh, 
I, I scouted out the competition as best I could, and I really felt like it's an unfair evening for the other seven opponents mm. because they don't have any clue what's going to come at them. And I meant strictly, I'm going to double leg you and ground and pound you. And how can you stop it? It's the best recipe in the book. But I didn't have the balls to say that on the, the microphone. But deep down, I was pretty confident. Confidence is a big thing. And yes, but don't get me wrong. When the buzzer, when I finally got asked to walk in the UFC, the first fight against Modi Hornstein, a karate world champion, up until the music started and I'm walking into the cage. I was very confident, but all of a sudden then I'm walking in and that's when the warmer doubt started creeping in my head. That's what we call it as wrestlers, the worm of doubt. You got to get them out of your ear. Well, I wondered, damn, what if this guy does have a karate kid spinning 360 kicked to my head in the first 10 seconds? How could I ever explain that to anybody? Right. I would have to curl up in the corner. And no, you don't worry about getting hurt. I never worry about getting hurt. I don't think most fighters do. You worry about getting tired or embarrassed in the first 10 seconds. And, you know, that that's, it crept into my mind as I walked in there against Morty Hornstein, but thankfully... What I did have in my mind, the game plan, worked out. Shoot a double leg. He did try to kick me in the head right off the bat. Right. He missed. Thank God. I took him down. And the, uh, not a crazy version of ground and pound, but I actually hit him like six to eight times. And... I couldn't figure out why this guy wasn't tapping or quitting because this was the cage now. I did a couple street fights, and really street fights, one or two punches and the guy's done. Right. But this guy took, he took six to eight or ten of my punches, and finally he tapped out. I went back to, I went back to my locker room and said, I'm taking these gloves off because they're getting in the way. I thought they were getting in the way of doing damage luckily my trainer my coach at the time convinced me to please wear the gloves because then I fought Big Daddy Goodrich and luckily I had gloves on because his head is hard <laughs> and then I fought Don Fry and his head is very hard and the next day what a great feeling yeah. my, nothing on my body hurt except both my hands were, were, they were swelled three times the size of their normal size. Well, that's probably a good problem to have if he got in three fights tonight earlier, right? Right, of course. So, yes, what I was thinking, I just gave it to you. <laughs> were you friends with Don Fry beforehand? No, at the time, um, the, the guy that, Got me into the UFC. He come to the UFC Olympic trial. He come to the 
wrestling Olympic trials. I lost at the Olympic trials in 96. He was there scouting out fighters. He was scouting me, Mark Kerr, and Tom Erickson. And he all, he put contacts in front of all three of us at different times, but I was the only one that said, where do I sign? 30 days later, there's a fight. He has a spot open because he coached Don Fry and he was with Dan Severn in his corner before that. So the UFC thought this guy was on something, which he was. And I, I said, the contract was horribly one-sided for him. I didn't care. I knew I needed to walk in UFC 10. I said, I'm going to sign it. I said, what do you need me to do? I needed to fly out to Phoenix, and he's going to coach me for 30 days. But, yeah, I let him play, let him act like he was that role. But really, I went out there and I had my own game plan already set. I need to get in shape as best I can in the next 30 days. And then the rest of it is double leg, headbutt, hit the ribs, and plow this guy until he quits. You know, and that's what I did. Mark Kerr and Tom Erickson, on the other hand, probably a little more professional than me. Well, okay, I'll call you on Monday. They took the contract home, let their lawyers look at it, this and that. I convinced the guy that day. I said, I'm the man for the job. I will win UFC 10. I said, I'll beat Mark Kerr and Tom Erickson's ass. <laughs> and I had to talk myself into it. Next thing you know, I get a call from him, and he said, I want you for the job. And I'm walking into a cage right off the wrestle mat 30 days later. Now, uh, now uh, re- I was... Go on. Go ahead. And I was going to say, recently, uh, uh, Hoist Gracie fought Ken Shamrock and, uh, in Bellator. Yeah. Did you watch that fight? Yes, I did. What were your thoughts, on, what were your thoughts on that fight? Ah, man, I was so excited about that fight. You know, yes, I, I wish I would. I'm, I'm so happy these guys are still able to do this because if I could, I would, but I can't, but... I was just interested to see how that played out. It doesn't matter. It's 20 years later. How is that going to play out? But I'm still thinking, did he knee him in the nuts on purpose or not? That is still what I'm thinking. (laughs) And if he did, I have to think, well, pretty smart, which Gracie. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty damn smart, but maybe not. I think uh, uh, the way it was playing out, I, I, I do kind of think Gracie's going to win that on conditioning. Yeah. As uh, long as he could, you know, because uh, never he's never really showed the greatest conditioning factor in the business. I know all about that, but I'd like to see how it played out, how long it went, and how it's finished, but... Grace's answer afterwards was, hey, we fought back when there was no rules. Yeah. But today there was rules, Hoist, but I think you're allowed one neat, one nut shot to the... <laughs> I think you're allowed that. You get a warning, so you might as well take it. That's called fighting. 
<laughs> exactly. No. Now, now we got Bubba Jenkins here, who's a, a national champion wrestler. Bubba Jenkins. What's I know up? Bubba Jenkins. The man's pretty <laughs> damn slick and quick on the wrestling mat. What did you think about them uh, NC2As this weekend? I love them, man. You know me as a wrestler. Had I had my, my, my wrestling shirt on. I had my singlet bottom on. I had wrestling shoes sitting on the couch <laughs> watching it all. You know, I was excited about it. And I just oh, want to say, man, man, it's a pleasure to speak with you. You're an absolute legend. I used to watch your style and how you used to beat people's heads in. I'm just trying to emulate. Well, I look at these guys now, and I used to think I beat guys' heads in, but no, these guys today, oh my goodness, evolution. These guys are amazing. You started it, though. You, amazing. We just learned how to do it a little bit better and more efficient because of all the technique and the videos that are out there. We can watch you do it for years and years. You were making things up because, you know, that's the way you did it. But now we can go online and see how you did it and try to evolve it. It's just, you know, we we, we got oh, cheat sheets way better than you had last when you were out. Well, you're talking about fighting or wrestling? Both. <laughs> Both. There, I mean, there's okay. there's websites fighting, dedicated for straight sure, to wrestling. For sure, you could find a lot of cheat sheets. You know, I, I, I was out there. Uh, I was learning on the job, Bubba. Yeah. When I, when, I, when I fought, I was always learning as the fight goes because I didn't have too many camps. But wrestling, no, I had the game plan down. That game plan was always... Very simple, very basic, and the stronger man wins. And I made sure I was the stronger man most of the time. <laughs> right. right. And no. nowadays, it's, it, nowadays it's still intact. Yeah. The stronger man in the in the NCAA two A finals, the stronger man usually wins. Absolutely. Technique, John Smith. Technique sometimes wins out, but. If you got you both, gotta, you gotta, if you got both, you've got to be job. strong, and then you got to, of course, you got to have the rest. You got to have the conditioning to maintain that strength. But strength is the equalizer. It's the number one technique in the world. Now, now Bubba doesn't believe in jujitsu. Uh, were you? <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't either. <laughs> will you, no. Will you sorry, tell him? Bubba. Will you tell him that jujitsu is sorry, important Bubba. to learn? You have to just like. People had to learn how to, in 96, I said, if you can't wrestle, you can't fight. And then you went to the five years of wrestlers just really, really dominating and kind of laying and praying. I like, I invented the ground and pound. Lay and pray is called a wrestling stall tactic. And everybody's getting, the UFC was in a wall. You got to change the rules. I said, give it time. And time has been given would take the shoes off, that changed the whole sport as well. When I had the shoes on, I was so much more powerful than with the shoes off. Absolutely. No shoes on, and all these guys have learned the defense of wrestling. They know how to stop a takedown, and they know how to get up. So now, to me, it's become 85% Muay Thai kickboxing. And, mm, you know, I... I I like to see, but when you get to the big matches, ground and pound, ground and pound will still went out. It, it's still part of the and game. It's not that it I is. don't look. It's not that I don't believe in jujitsu. <laughs> I don't believe in jujitsu offense. I have great jujitsu defense. Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm saying. Same with wrestling. Right. You, you guys don't have to learn how to be a great takedown artist, but you do have to learn how to stop a takedown, or you're going to be on your back. 
eating punches. That's right. So, Bubba, learn how to so, learn a guillotine. It's not so hard to learn. And the same with jujitsu. Nobody's going to be. There's only a few. I'll just use Nogueira as an example. Now this guy's offense. Yeah. Well, don't 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 play games with that, Bubba Jenkins. <laughs> you know, but 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 I'm saying he had to learn how to defend the the, the basic jujitsu submissions because most guys are not as slick and quick and chocolate as a Nogueira or whoever else you want to name in there. It's basically become uh, stand-up fighting because nobody can take each other down. And on the ground, well, people can get right back up because there there aren't many there aren't many great jiu-jitsu guys out there that can really seal a deal. And and to me, Bob Jenkins, you tell me a lot of the jiu-jitsu moves they're just wrestling only. Illegally. We were not allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, we were right. not allowed Illegal to do wrestling. That. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the front headlock is jujitsu can take credit for it, but the front guillotine? Well, no. I was in that position a lot of times. I just wasn't allowed to choke the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I needed an arm so to do it. Wrestling, huh? I needed an arm to do those chokes. Now I can do it without it. Yeah. I don't need your arm. I'll Either just way. grab your neck. <laughs> but but jujitsu gets credit for it, but jujitsu and wrestling are very, very close. Now I remember uh, 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 Coleman. Uh, after you lost to uh, to Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz was talking shit to you from the stands, and uh, Kevin Randleman. What is this roasted time? No, 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 no. I'm saying so. Kevin Randleman <laughs> came, came on the podcast and said he saw that, got so angry, left his house and ran to the <laughs> arena to fight Tito Ortiz. Um. <laughs> That, that no, that 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 that's too close to home. There, it, I mean, oh man! Now that fight you never know, took just, place. We just lost Kevin. You know, you hit a you hit a soft spot on me there. No, but. no, I we, I love Kevin Randleman. He was a uh, he came on our show Great all the man. time. Great now, man. now in that dream match, who do you think would have won, Tito or Kevin, in their prime? Pardon me. Who would have won in their prime, Tito Ortiz or Kevin Randleman? You go ask Randall his coach who would have won. Yeah. Okay. Good question. Well, uh, yeah. Good. Good answer, brother. <laughs> you know, what, do you, what do you want me to do, sit here and pick Keto? No. Ke- I will Kevin. be honest with. I I will be honest with you. There is no such thing as an easy fight. So yeah. Kevin and Tito, I'm obviously going to pick Kevin. But is he going to walk right through Tito? Hell no. Was he the no most? Way. Was Kevin the most talented fighter? Fight. Was Kevin the most talented fighter you ever worked with? Well, um, athletic wise, yes. In wrestling, the, the the most athletic wrestler ever. It made my you know. I was his coach. I I I didn't get credit for it. This dude did things he did on his own. But I'm not going to deny the one thing I can do. I can't push an athlete to get in to world, world, world-class shape. And that's what it takes to win. And I got random in there. So his mind was strong and his athletic ability took over. And, yeah, you have one of the most amazing wrestlers in the history of sport. When it came to fighting, um, 
when he was in shape, when Kevin Rand was in shape, well, don't bet against him. At least don't bet your whole house against him, that's for sure. Yeah. Now that dangerous man. Dangerous man. And one of one of my favorite things to watch was that brawl that you guys got into when it was you, Randleman, Baroni against uh against Shogun, who else is right? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cut you off because uh that's not true. Allegedly I would <laughs> no, I wish Randleman was there. Oh, Kevin wasn't there? That night. Because I remember that night very, very, very clearly and I loved it. I I, I kind of sensed that before the fight even happened. I knew I was going to beat Shogun, or I thought I was, and I knew we were good. We were on very good terms, shooter boxing, hand rounds. We were on good terms, but I knew once I won, terms were going to change. And all I really had to do was look at their corner, and that was going to set it off, and it did. But that day, I didn't have Wes Sims. I didn't have Randleman. I had Phil Baroni. Fucking great corner man to have Absolutely. in your corner because he'll <laughs> never, he'll never leave your corner. But then I had my dad, my sixty-six-year-old dad in my corner. Um, loved doing him the favor, but I do not recommend in hind- I do not recommend anybody puts their dad in the corner. I I did it a bunch of times. My dad went sixteen and always an amateur on the streets, so it wasn't like he's no slouch, but. He's past his prime, and that thing broke out. Baroni runs in, and it's chaos because we're outnumbered. The Brazilians came in numbers, and but I had to look over at my dad and tell him he was trying to get in the ring. I had to tell my dad stay out because if my dad would have gotten in there and somebody would have plowed him or something like that, well, then you're going to have a problem controlling me. Yeah. You know, I, it's not going to be easy to control me. If I see my dad get hit, I'm going to be on. But no, that that was that was so fun. Honestly, that was so fun. After it all went down, that, that little after squirmish, it was fun. You know, what was just things on the line that I had to keep my eyes open. People taking cheap shots at me, punch shots at me. But no, I, I was in my... I was in my game. I'm better. I'm better with no clock on. Than I am. <laughs> I'm better with no clock on and no referees and no rules. I think I'm a better fighter. You put the clock on. You turn the lights on. Hey, not everybody can handle that. The lights melt. They melt many, many people. So after, so the so afterwards. Off, so afterwards, are you afterwards, in? Are you in? Are you in Baroni? Are you guys at some strip club in Japan celebrating? No, no, hell no. We Allegedly, had to get back to the hotel room. No, these guys were furious. The shooter box team was furious. They went on to that. And I beat Shogun, and then we basically beat them in the aftermath. So I say two and zero that night. <laughs> Silva got taken down, but Silva Silva ended up. Brony took him down. Silva ended up underneath my legs. I'm stuck up against the corner by about 10 security guards. And there's Wanderley Silva laying on the ground and Brony on top of him. And really, I could have, if I was this type of person, I could have just took and smashed his face in with my heel. 
but no, I'm not going to do that. That's not my style. I'm not a killer. I'm a, I like to win, but no. So, but instead, I did pick my foot up. I put it on his throat because I heard the clamp cameras clicking, and I grabbed the ropes like I was pushing down on his throat, but I really wasn't. And I just just for that, and then he he jumped up. He got the hell up off the ground. And I thought for sure. Round two, he's coming. You know, he got up and he went back to his corner, and that was the end of the whole the whole thing. And then, uh, thankfully, I think we all made peace. I know I made peace with all their coaches. I know Shogun don't have a problem with me, and uh, I think me and Wanley Silva have mutual respect. Now, Mark, it just happened. Now, Mark, you always get. Every time I see you with a girl, and I know you're married now, but you always get a really attractive, hot, fit women. Uh, what's the secret? Tell us the Mark Coleman secret. I have no clue where <laughs> or when you're talking about because I, every time I've been to a UFC, I've said what it do. <laughs> I said what it do, so I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, but I've seen pictures. But no, I know, I know, I know. I got me a hot woman right now, my girlfriend, the best in the business, and um, I'm very, very happy with her. So what's the and secret? my daughter, Skyler? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I am. It, it's. Uh, it's I got the same one as wrestling. Be the strongest guy. I got one, I got one failed marriage, and now um, I took ten years off to, to to stay away from it. But no, she caught me, and now I'm with her. And uh, now I need to make this work out. It's a, it's like it's it's probably tougher than winning the NC two A title. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you, you fucking roasted motherfuckers. <laughs> well, listen, Coleman. Yeah, man. you guys, you you guys got it out of me. I wasn't going to say the f word, but I can't get through. I used, I, used, I used to not be able to get through one sentence without saying f at least three times, but because I've aged, I didn't do it. But you pissed me off there. <laughs> well, listen, Coleman. It's an honor to have you on the show, man. I'm a I'm a huge fan, a lifelong Coleman. Fan. Why do you call me Coleman? Uh, uh, Mark? Are you Mark? Hammer? No, I don't like Mark. Uh, what should I call you? Legend. Champ? I'm just, I'm just wondering how you figured it out. Everybody <laughs> calls me Coleman. Because uh, Baroni always calls you Coleman, so I figured. Well, Mark don't work. Uh, all right, so Coleman, uh, you are a legend in this uh, UFC Hall of Famer. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for everything, man. Well, thank you guys for having me. Hope I didn't. Uh, hope I didn't ruin your ratings too much. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> if so, just go ahead and edit it out and don't even air it. No, we're gonna air it. You're the best. Take care, man. All right, thank you. Love you guys. All right, see you. Thanks, thanks, man. That was awesome. All right, bye. That was Mark Coleman. Awesome talking to those guys, right? Yeah, man, it's like the encyclopedia of badassness. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you go down the history books of people who know how to beat your ass. And- <laughs> 
He's in there with a, you know, his fist raising the air, hopping on some fence those, with his neck on Vanderlei Silva. Those dudes that fought old school when it was tournament style, multiple fights in one night, the Pride League guys. This is a whole different world back then, man. It's so cool to talk to those guys. CB, what are your thoughts? I I, I love listening to Mark. Yeah. I met Mark a few times. Always a super nice guy. Um, he's downplaying that brawl backstage at the Pride fight, yeah. which was actually uh, it was Mark Baroni and Rampage. It wasn't Randleman. It was Rampage. And it was Vanderlei, Shogun, Ninja, and Cordero. I'm like, this is going to turn into like some fucking West Side Story <laughs> shit or something. And it's, you know, Mark, Mark's a legend. Mark's an icon of the sport. And uh, I don't know, though. I like Baroni, R- Rampage, and Mark's chances. Yeah. Well, Shogun, yeah, but it's three against four. But yeah. you definitely well, got to. Cordero probably wouldn't swing. And, and you got to also remember that Shogun had a broken arm. Yeah. Because he yeah. snapped his arm the wrong way when Mark tripped him. And he already took a loss. He ain't about to take another one. You know I, mean? no, I don't know. Yeah. But Rampage, Baroni, and, and Coleman in a brawl. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine three guys that you'd rather fight in a street fight less? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Shogun. Shogun, yeah, broke Imagine on Ninja. Imagine being there. And back when there was yeah. no... Back yeah, when there was like still won. And back there was no testing back then either? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's advantage Brazil then. No, but I don't know. Those those three? Yeah. Uh, except Rampage. I mean, I, I, he's never been caught with anything. But Baroni and... and, uh, and that, 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 those are some... Those are some tough. I would dudes, not. Dude. That's that's one guy. I would not want to fight Baroni in a street fight. I no. know he'll gas after like eight seconds, but those no. eight seconds will be like forty-seven punches. Eight seconds of hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to him, he's three hundred and fifty and two in street fights. Mm. Uh, that's great. Can we talk to the guys that were two that beat him? <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, Is it Craig from New Jersey? <laughs> I just like that he keeps score in the street fight. Yeah. Like he goes home and like, well, yeah. that's three today. Yeah. But Hickson, Hickson said the same thing. Hickson was like, I'm a thousand and oh in street fights and whatever. I'm like, rolling with a guy and tapping him out in fucking practice does not really count. Baroni, I could at least like accept the fact of like 350 and two. No, people he rub him. Remembers. He rubs people the wrong way and people rub him the Who, wrong Baroni? way very easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I can see him having 354 what, fights what and 352 was, Tank Abbott's number because I know Tank Abbott said he won. I don't know. Probably, Call Jason Andor's. He'll he probably. He probably yeah. definitely. I mean, he, he alcohol would do that to a <laughs> yeah. man who who already wants to beat you up. Which so. speaking of which, Tank didn't even get to fucking I fight know. this weekend. So yesterday was the your fight thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was a fucking. You you you, you ordered it? I, I didn't order it. I watched a little of it. It was rough. Really? Why? Tell us about it. I mean, Abbott and Severn got pulled, so they let uh, Shannon Rich fight some other dude. And, and and one of the guys got put through the ropes, and he's bending over the ropes backwards, and the dude's still over the top rope, like raining down ground and pound on him. That, that was the first amazing. fight. The <laughs> yeah. fucking, the, the Mysterio Kurt Angle wrestling match. How was that? It was a two out of three falls, which I was like, Angle's on What's the, the point? What's the, so no, your turn, my turn. So, no, so uh, Angle wins via Angle Slam for the first fall. Second fall, Mysterio wins via six one nine. Real quick, explain an angle what slam. What the fuck is an angle an slam? An angle slam is you go to the. You're on the back of the guy, and he Kurt Angle puts his head like into the armpit, mm-hmm. and then lifts him up sideways and slams him backwards. That's okay. Angle's finisher. Okay. Right. So okay. Mysterio, I thought he was the belly of the belly guy. He ain't doing belly to belly no more, huh? No. Uh, no, he did one. Okay. He, okay. he caught Ray and, and hit an overhead belly to belly. 
Um, Ray won the six one with the six one nine second fall. <laughs> what the fuck is a six one nine? Six one nine is it's actually a tiger faint kick. He what? The, he, <laughs> I, love, I love how your description of something we don't know is another thing we don't know. So he leans the yeah, guy it's over just the a tiger faint rope, one kick. Yeah. And he grabs the top. What do you do second, all day? <laughs> not much. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? All I've right, been into wrestling for twenty seven years. Okay, though. go on. So and he th- and he grabs he Mysterio runs grabs the top and second rope. And spins around and kicks the guy in the head, and oh. then does a fra- uh, a splash okay. onto the onto angle. So oh. what else happens? Um, so it's like a so- reverse Kentucky bulldog to a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you're catching on. So third fall, and this is what bothered me. Kentucky bulldog. <laughs> they had they had Riff Raff perform before the wrestling match. Is, is a rapper Riff Raff? He's yeah. a white rapper. I don't know where he's from. He's, he's- wow. He's from MTV. He's, from, he's annoying as fuck is what so I will he, say. So he, he performed? He performed. Was so then good? in the third fall. How was the rapping? Was it good? I turned that shit off. <laughs> Riff Raff's horrible. You turned it off? Yeah. What, 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 now what, what, what did you do in the meantime? You killed somebody in the retail? What did no, you do? I was actually playing uh, video games at okay. the same time. You were playing UFC 2. <laughs> no, games. I was actually playing NBA. But, um, video games, wrestling, <laughs> and UFC is this guy's life. And yet he has a hot girlfriend. But he draws, he draws the line. Maybe in. you fucked up the rest. Recipe, Adam. I did. <laughs> fucking, right, Anyways, <laughs> right. so the ref gets knocked out on the third fall. Okay. So Angle tries to hit Mysterio with a chair. All right. Riff Raff comes out, grabs the chair. Mysterio hits the finisher, gets the fall. Nah. Ray Mysterio wins the match. Damn that Riff Raff. Third one was uh, <laughs> Bisping and Sun in and grappling. Yes. It was pretty rough. Who won that match? It was a draw. Did Riff Raff come in with a chair in that no, one? Or, or no, shut Um... Bisping, then, uh, Chael couldn't pass Bisping's guard. There was a few, like, Bisping threw fake elbows from the bottom. Fake, really? Yeah, like, he went to go like this, but he stopped. Wasn't Rampage like, commentating on this? Rampage was commentating. That was probably one of the funniest parts. Yeah, Rampage was like, Because, like, during the like angle that. thing, he's like, this motherfucker trying to cheat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, run. He, it was crazy. Okay. But, um, so, Bisping's son and went to a draw. Uh. Um... Bisping actually hit like a spinning heel kick to get out of him. Uh, Is that legal in grappling? Hell no, it's not. But he like pushed <laughs> off of him with like Jones. a kick. Roy Jones knocked the dude out in the second. Oh, okay. Bad. Was it a fan he fought? No, he fought Viren Phillips. The guy who's 0-0 was a boxer. He was an MMA fighter. I think he was 3-2. Wow. and two. Wow. They, they were going back and forth in the first. He rocked. Wait, and how did you, and how did you get this without paying? Um... Because I He's did. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, and then Roy comes out in the second, throws a left hook and a right straight, and the dude just fucking hits the mat, the ref. Did Riff Raff hit him with up. a chair after he was knocked out or no? Riff no. Riff didn't come in with a chair. I hope somebody shot Riff Raff backstage. <laughs> come on. All right, well, thank you for the update. Yeah. Your fight. Well, that was yeah, great analysis. They'll right probably yeah. do another. Uh, I feel like I was do there. <laughs> I do, I do. I can see Riff Raff the, with the chair, and you know. The weird thing was two days before the event, they did a hole in one competition chair. on the golf course, and Ken Shamrock went for a hole in one. I'm like, he, he was get, still there. Ken was there. I was shocked. Did Ken get sh- sh- pop for steroids shooting the hole in one or no? <laughs> His drive was too I short. I don't think they were drug tested this one. Well, At listen, this event, they also didn't bring a scale. The only reason Tank got pulled was because he failed physical. Oh, yeah, like, like I said, he couldn't tie a shoe last time I saw him. So really? No, yeah. No, seriously, he could not tie a shoe. Uh, that is not a joke. Was, that is not a fat I'm man actually joke. surprised he has shoes. Um, uh, now, well. listen, people. Uh, Decipher has recently raised the bar for management professional sports. The firm represents fighters, assisting with contract negotiations, public relations, managing your fan base, and obtaining sponsorship. Everything you need taken care of while training for your next fight. 
So not only do they provide next-level comprehensive management support, they allow you to keep more money than any other agent out there, all offering while, all while offering one-on-one mental coaching, keep you primed for success. Check them out at decipher.com. Also, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid. We've got to get these guys more money and girls more money. Bubba Jenkins, the genius he is, yes. the, uh, the Penn State graduate, the ASU graduate, came up with an idea to help get these fighters more money, and it's at tipafighter.com. So fighters, join tip a fighter. Join the revolution. Any, any fights coming up, CB? Any fights? Yo, we're not gonna, you already talked about the fights this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what did you think about the fights this weekend? Damn, I missed it. I stayed we, up and studied and did homework. All right, what do you think about the, uh, the, uh, the mirror versus Go ahead, Tyler, but what are you going to say? Oh, I, go ahead. I was going to say we didn't. Uh, we got like all over the place with the card because one of the fights I want to talk about, which actually one of my favorite fights, was the, the Ross Pearson. Um, I didn't see Lepreuse. that one. It was oh, on my God. It was such, pass. Oh, that's why I did. Such a great – I just thought it was like super technical, really fun, back and forth. Like, yeah. It was those leg kicks were nasty, man. But what was crazy is it didn't seem to slow him down at all, man. Who Chad? Yeah, Chad's good. He's a, he's a underrated. A I actually didn't know who was going to win that fight. I thought that was going to be a lot closer than people. Who won? Uh, Ross Pearson won, but it was very it was close. I called it. It was close. Uh, it. But there were uh, the other fight. The 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 fight that that was really good was the Jake Matthews. Jake Johnny Matthews. Case. Johnny yeah. Case. Yeah. Uh, both those guys were going at it. Yeah. Uh, Jake Matthews showed me a lot. I thought, I thought that um, I thought that Case was winning the fight until he lost. I mean, he was really? losing. I think he was losing that third. But I thought he was. I mean, the way the judging was going. Now, if we were looking at different judging and if it was correctly going the way it was, but I thought because he was pushing the pace and he was being more aggressive, the way the judgment was going all night was they rewarding people for being that way. So I just figured he was winning until he got choked out. But he was losing that, that round. So I think it would have went to a decision. I think he might have squeezed it out. But I don't know. But, you know, Matthews didn't want it to go there because, you know, he, he, he had to get it done. <laughs> Matthew, it Matthews great. looked great. You know, what, you know what? I actually I didn't bet on that fight. If I would have bet, I would have picked Case. Yeah. But then you got to factor in home crowd advantage. You have to factor in the kids from Australia. They're in Australia, which could work either way, yeah. you know. But at the same time, a 21-year-old kid, I feel like, is going to get up first. Of like when, yeah. you, when you get that cheering, for some reason I feel like when you're younger and you have the you have the crowd, it, I feel like it helps you more. Yeah, even when you're older, I mean, more like more times than not, it definitely helps you. There is that time if you're mentally have to have that edge. If you're mentally weak, I would say it, w- it will hurt you because I mean you're thinking about you know trying to impress. And, but if you've done everything right and and you're mentally strong, the crowd obviously. Have you ever you. had the crowd in an MMA fight? No. What, what, what is that? I've always fought in, in o- someone's place or in Oklahoma. Every, <laughs> or, or every, in Oklahoma. every single time yeah. You're the only black guy in we Oklahoma need, We need to get a fight in, in D.C. In Virginia or something <laughs> We need to go East Coast with it But wrestling wise when, when you went back to Penn State From ASU The crowd booed you? Yeah Well Nationals was in Philly Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. They, were they booing, were they booing yeah. the so hell out of you? So there was in Philly Pennsylvania. Yeah. 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 Or were they booing? Does that fuel yeah. you though? Is that yeah, like, I played to the Bulls. Guys? Yeah, I played to the Bulls. Were they saying that racist feeling. stuff? Yeah, definitely. What were they saying? <laughs> definitely. Uh, a lot of people thought that I had got released because of my lack of punctuality, um, my lack of education. Well, you should have played for a tournament, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I got released for a lot of reasons that I didn't get released for. Yeah. And so, but what was know. the racist stuff they were yelling? Uh, I mean, I really can't. Remember. I mean, obviously, the you know. 
I heard they were trying to distract you by having fat white chick show up. Is that is that true? <laughs> no, that didn't that didn't work. <laughs> no, that didn't that didn't work. That's I had a white chick. I had a hot white chick with me. So it was, oh, oh really? It from was ASU? Very, from Penn State? From Penn State? Oh, you were banging a chick at Penn State? Oh, that, that's that really. And by the way, this girl right here is from Penn State. I'm gonna go fuck yeah. up all your people. ASU represent. Thank you. Now, yeah. did you did you bang her that night after winning? I did some strange things. I mean. <laughs> Wait, what are these strange? What, you pulled out? No, no, what are these, what are these strange I, things? Let's, not Brazilian. let's just say I had a great time after I won the national championship. You had I made, a, th- you had I a, made th- a lot of money. You had a three NCAA, screw you guys. I made a lot of money. What do you mean you got, made a lot of money? You, you bet on yourself? No, I mean, I mean, I had shirts. I had Bubba J shirts. Oh. And they were going for $20 before the tournament started. And then after the tournament, they went for fifty to sixty bucks. Wow! And I sold out of like, I would say five hundred shirts. Five hundred shirts. You selling merch at a wrestling? T- <laughs> yes, I, nice. I, I I knew this was my last fucking rodeo. And if you want this money, you better come get this money. Were you selling them during your match, like in between rounds? I personally wasn't selling them. Who was selling them? The, the girl. I had a lot of family there. You know, uh, you know, it's the last, it's the last hurrah. I had a lot of squat. I had a squat. You know, that's why they called it Bubba J Squad. I had people with me. <laughs> you are so funny, man. I had people with me. Always hustling. Uh, Always hustling. You're going to yeah. be, I mean, you're already successful, but after you're done doing MA. I'm going to be grinding. Something, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're, you're right. going to be making movies. You know what, Adam? That's the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> no, that I'm going to be all right. You are, I'm man. Gonna you're going to be all right. You always, get, you, got, you always have one eye on the prize and one eye on like, how am I going to do this? That's right. You know? That's right. So any, any news on upcoming fights? So I called out Emmanuel Sanchez, and I think they don't like the matchup. Why? Because it's a bad matchup for him. <laughs> I mean, I, what did you say? You called him Dirty Sanchez? Well, no, I just said that I wanted to fight him. He don't have a fight. I don't have to fight. Georgie's fighting Curran, and you know, Pitbull's fighting someone else. And White Show's waiting for Daniel, and everybody, you know, is tied up in front of me. So I, I said I want somebody in front of me or someone near me, and you know, that's the, the only person that's out there that you know can. That can carry the train is, right. is is him. So I said, "All right, give me that fight," because I want to fight. Me and Phil Davis have always wanted to fight on the same card ever right. since we both kind of have been in MMA. And uh, he's fighting San Jose Molal May fourteenth. Who, who do you like in that fight? Man, it's a hard fight. It's a conflict of interest for you yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is because me and Molal have you know gotten grown our, from our relationship, and he's yeah. cool. I don't have any problems with him now. And then Phil Davis, my boy. So you go to his wedding. No, I didn't go to the wedding. What I, happened? I had, you were late. No, I had. <laughs> <laughs> I had previous. Uh, I had. I had things that I had to do before the wedding. What do you have to do? I had to be out of state. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, court cases and shit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, black people today. You know, court. And, but no, I just had. To, I was. I had already had something booked and stuff like that before the wedding. By the way, your wife is so sweet. By the way, she comes all the time. She's here. She's so supportive. She loves you more than anything. It's really nice to see. Yep. You know, she tried to choke me out on Periscope. I don't know if you guys saw that. Really? <laughs> Go check out my last Periscope. We wrestled in the living room. She called me out. She told me she can take me down. Is that Is why she... you don't like jujitsu? Uh, well, <laughs> could be. Is that could why you be. I'll, wake, I'll wake up in chokes. I'll wake up in arm bars no. from her just watching on TV. She we, were at the rest, at we were at the fight, and she was saying that she's been taking wrestling and that she does well against Bubba, right? And Bubba looked at me like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, do you really think this could... She said she could take you down. Yeah, and I said, okay, let's get on Periscope. Let's move the couch and do this damn thing. So go to my Bubba J Periscope and You watch do realize that you're going to be charged with like domestic violence yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably the dumbest are, thing you could have done. There are some... 
there are some questionable moves in that in that periscope, <laughs> you know. Uh, so what is that? A leg ride? I can just we can just say that we were wrestling, and then it, it all goes away. Why would you do that? That's so dumb. They're gonna be uh, going to see a black guy, well, beat listen, up a white chick on periscope, and you're going to be fucked again, just like high school when you were 16 and got a BJ. Well, you're going you're going to be fucked for calling my wife a white chick because she's going to beat your ass when she's I tell her she's half white. She she predominantly calls herself a black girl. Um, Why? She's half. Yeah. So she's, oh, she's okay. So she's a yeah. half white girl. Yeah, she's a half white girl. But why is that, why, how come someone's half white and half, half black, black? They call them black because she 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 identifies more with the black community because she's a black guy in her. But but that's but, right. But, she had a black child come out of her. Yeah. But so you know she just identifies more with. You know, my, my like, crew. Like Obama. No, just don't be Obama. mad. Just don't be mad. I'm not this mad, but it should be like everyone's like Obama's crew. black. I'm like, well, he's half black, right? But he, but, but okay, think about it this way, right? We got a group full of white people, all white people. And it's a white people club. And then my girl walks up in there. Is she allowed to stay or does she have to go? Why, what, why uh, uh, club just answer the question. I'm, to, I'm that, talking about an all white Trump rally. No, okay. Call the Trump rally. My, my girl shows up there. Is she allowed to stay or is she allowed to go? Yes, because there's no fucking no. white people clubs that you can't. Black people no. aren't allowed to. No, no, there are. First of all, Where? white boy, there are. Where? The KKK is still a club to me. I heard. You, I mean, you, I don't know if, if, if they had a KKK rally without the hats. Is my when my girl my girl shows up. You have up. to wear the hats. We don't know what color they are underneath the fucking hoods. They could be black. You never said that's a Dave Chappelle sketch? I'm tempted to make like a shit on the bus. Now, now, if my girl shows up to a black party, is she allowed to stay or is she allowed to go? What, what parties are you going to? This is I don't know what kind of parties you're invited to. All black party. Black Panther party? Yeah, I don't know. She could go to any party she wants. Your no. girlfriend's fine. She's no. got a nice ass. She cannot. Uh, your wife? You're absolutely right. Yes. And and, and she cannot. She cannot. If she showed up into an all white event, and the, oh, there are no all white. Yes, the fuck there are. What Adam are these Hunter. all white events? Tyler, have you been to an all white event? Uh, they don't. They don't name them. They don't. How about like, they don't like, name like them? Like golf clubs? Or what, what, what all night? I don't golf. But Conor not, McGregor's after party. No, I get. <laughs> I get Bubba's point, and it's like uh, you know, like if you had to describe somebody you don't know, how would you describe them? Like. You know, that's like people because yeah, Obama is half white, but uh, if people had to describe him, they'd surprise you know just off of his first black parents. president. Ah. Exactly. I know, and it should just but, be I don't know. They should be like you you're should, just blind. You should be able to you're just be, blind. It used to be. I'm not blind. Like, you're you, just you are blind. Well, you gotta hastialize everything. I just wearing. <laughs> I'm just saying. There used to be a word mulatto, right? Then yep. that, but now you can't say that anymore. It's like an offensive word. I don't know. I don't understand why. I don't know the history of mulatto. Right, yeah. but uh, but there yeah. should be a word right for half black, half white. Right? Shouldn't there be a word for that? Yeah, mixed. Mixed. So your wife is mixed. Yeah, she's mixed. I, I don't even know said what that. you can and can't say anymore. Yeah. What? Mixed. I said I have no idea what you can and can't it's, say. Every anymore. day they change. She's it. just a person. That's what she. Oh, is. <laughs> Tyler bullshit. But what? let's Listen. get back to the fights yeah, for she's a second. Havesies. Yeah, I still can't get Magni right. I'm still. Oh, yeah. I still can't get David uh, Magny right. I, I'm wrong again. A lot of me didn't want to go against Hector because. How shocked were you in that fight? I wasn't shocked because I know that Hector gasses. But like that. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the second round he couldn't move. He couldn't lift his hands. Yeah. Well, the Third first round, round the, the first round he couldn't move his hands. No, he did. The first round he he, no. he, he hurt. No. He killed. He when he killing. starts standing, when he starts standing the way he starts standing, like when he does not move forward, that's how you know he's tired. 
Damn. He was standing still a lot. That was yeah. hard to watch. That ref should be fired. Like he was waiting in line for something. Well, I think that I don't think the ref should be fired. I think the ref that stopped Mir's fight should be fired. Why? Yeah, that's my own personal opinion. We'll get to that. But I don't think the ref should be fired in the Lombard fight because he was basically trying, although it was a little bit better chance with Lombard, he was basically trying to give him the same benefit of a doubt that he gave Neil Magny when Neil was getting punched on. Yeah, but he and, was covering up. Yeah, he was. He was. And he and, was all flattened out. Very valid points. Like I said, the judgment all night was definitely screwy. Not along, along with the judging. I mean, along with the refereeing. So even though Neil was being covered up, he got dropped three more times after he was getting punched on. He got yeah. to his feet. He got dropped back again. He got punched again. I mean, there's times where you could have jumped on him and said, "Okay, that fight was over." Yeah. But then in the Frank Mir fight, if I get rocked. And I'm laying there looking at you, waiting for you to hop on your opportunity. And the referee calls me out. I'm fighting him now. We are, we are straight fight. I'm going to leg lock him. Do not do that. You'll get banned from MMA for life. Listen, that won't be me. No, Jason Hyde You should know it. comedy no, when you hear it. He pushed the ref. He didn't leg lock him. So you think it was an early stoppage? I think it was definitely an early stoppage. Okay? Yeah, he laid on his back. I think the only reason why he did that is because of the way Hunt walked off. Okay? Now... Because it, it wasn't that he was not KO'd out. It wasn't that he was out. It wasn't that he was rolling or his eyes were glassy. From the camera angle that I had, which was on TV, where everybody got to see it, he got hit, and then he just looked at him like, okay, this is normally the opportunity and uh, the time. He was trying to pull guard? I don't. I mean, he got rocked, okay? He just got hit by a 200-whatever-pound hunt, okay? So, yeah, he probably pulled guard, but not only that, he got rocked to his back. It ain't like he's about to hop the fuck back up, you know what I mean? But there is that turn. His head didn't bounce off the mat, and he was just out. His arm threw up. He was looking at him like, okay, this is usually when you jump on me. Oh, you're not going to jump on me? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll just... I'll gain my wits while I'm right here. And then the ref called it off. I thought that was a bad stoppage because... Give him the opportunity to say. I mean, if he's gonna if he's gonna hop away and, and Hunt's gonna walk, if, if the ref doesn't do anything, then what happens? If the ref doesn't jump on him, what happens? Mark would take a second to come back in and start throwing shots and exactly. collect himself. Is is was Mir out or was he still? He I don't know. He cold. looked like he was laying down with his he hands. He got Sahuna he got put cold. down. He got put down. Yeah. This is, you know he he was laying down. I gotta watch it again. Down. From from when I first watched it, I gotta rewind it and watch it and see what you're saying. See, and, and the reason why I say that is because if I had did the walk off the way I hit Parsons, right? If I had did the walk off, like I kicked him and just walked away, like this fight's over. Don't even don't even come. How would that have been different than Mir? Not I don't think people, up? but people don't know about your devastating power yet. Right. Uh, but so, Mark Hunt, it's like that you so watch. that fight's over because Mark hit him. Yes. Well, no, I mean I can see, and, and we discussed this a little earlier before you got here, but I could see your point because if you look at also like the Tahuna Bossy fight, mm-hmm. fucking Tahuna got hit, fell to the ground, tried to get back up, realized he was still out, and then face yeah. right. Like, All right, no more. So I mean, yeah, it could be. Something I understand. I gotta to watch, watch it again. again. But Mark Hunt's the kind of guy that masturbates and rips off his dick. I mean, he just has that yeah. fucking that strength. You know? yeah. I think but if he was out cold, I think it would have been different if he was out cold or if he laid back. Like, after he got hit, if he laid his head back, put his arms down, and was like, all right, whoa. I got to watch it again. Holy I, I shit, that point. was over. The Hector but Lombard his was, head was off the mat. His head was off the mat. His hands were up, and he was just like, okay, this is usually when you, you come in. To, in my mind, he's like, now we can do the jiu-jitsu thing, finally. Now that you've rocked me Maybe. to my back, let's do jiu-jitsu. Maybe. I got to watch it again. I, I feel bad for Hector because I do believe, number one, he took so many shots. Number two, I do believe I don't know if he's gonna get a title shot now unless he wins like what? Three, if he wins like two or three in a row. What? Maybe he'll get back in a contention. Man, I think I'm sad for Hector because I think that was he was at he 
the climax is behind him. And I do, yeah, and I kind of feel like when he made that Bellator run of, make, of winning 30 fights in a row, he was the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Or he was top two in the world, arguably. Top he was three, one you know? of the best in the world. And I feel like it just the times didn't, they didn't line up for him. Or he, you know, he didn't get that UFC championship belt. Which kind of sucks because, uh, you know, Dangerous Hector is – I mean you're talking about an Olympian, judoka. We're talking about devastating power, black belt in jiu-jitsu. Devastating is an uh, I mean, understatement. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean you're talking about the, almost like the perfect fighter. Uh, cardio being the exception. And mental, I was just, and mental I was, toughness. I was going to say I don't know if this is just like pure coincidence or whatever, but I feel like right now we're seeing a lot of like – like taller, leaner, rangier guys right now. Like, I mean, we're just going to talk to Darian Caldwell. So you look at that guy, his his physique uh, versus uh, Joe Warren, but also like a guy like Magny versus um, Lombard, who's so strong. Uh, and even even like uh, Nate Diaz and uh, um, Wonderboy Thompson, some of these guys that are taller, lankier, they're really fighting. Even long. Connor when he fought, yeah. but also I think a prime Lombard. Lombard from three years ago smashes Neil. Uh, you know, not taking a year off yeah, because three of that. years ago he was one eighty five. Smashes him. Smashes him. Honestly, I think a prime Lombard smashes Magni, and people might say, "Oh, well, he was on steroids." A hurt you, Lombard you think almost knocked Neil out. You know what I mean? You think Lombard can make one seventy three years ago on all those whatever he was doing? I don't know. His training. He, 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 he wasn't. He didn't get busted for anything. He got busted once. No, but in Bellator he was one eighty five and he was murdering everybody. But do you think he could have dropped another fifteen? I don't know. He looks huge. I don't know. He, he even this huge. even this weekend, he looked huge. He looked one seventy. I'm just. Like, it just sucks, and I, I hope he's gonna be all right because I like Lombard. I, he has a special place in my heart. There were two other on that card that I wanted to quickly bring up that were bring them up. Dan Kelly and and Cara oh De yeah, Zapato. that was a. Why are you laughing? I'm just laughing because I I made my picks and I did pretty well, but I I I almost vote I almost picked Dan Kelly and then I went with Shoe Face because Kelly's one of those dudes who just looks like why'd you laugh? Forty years old. His name is Shoe Face. Well, okay, but it's in Portuguese. It's Cara de Zapato. Whatever. His name is Shoe Face. Yeah, here in America, we're Americans, and his name is Shoe Face. Yeah, but at the same but at the same time, it's like you know they called him that, but when Husamar they call him Toquinho. When they talk about, you know, a lot of the Brazilian guys, cool. they use the Brazilian. Bubba, Bubba going to call him shoe face. No, I know that. But they were, like, stressing the hell out of it. Anyways, Dan Kelly, 40 years old, Olympic judoka out of Australia. Yeah. I did not give him a fucking chance in that fight. And all of a sudden, he is just manhandling him. But he's a dude, he's on a bit of a streak, though. And he's another no, he's guy. Not. He lost can't. the last fight in, like, 10 seconds. Okay, that's but he's another one. <laughs> like I said, you can't bet against Wrong Brazilian. Him. It's like it's so oh, no, random. About shoe face or, or Dan no, Kelly? No, no, Kelly. 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 Yeah, Dan oh, he's Kelly. definitely on a streak. That's, he's eleven and one. He got, yeah, he got to be on some type last of fight. He, he lost. In 10 he's seconds. just one of those dudes who like. He just gets the job done. He just like finds a way to win, and like so. I was gonna pick him, and then I then I didn't, and then you like ah. There you go. That's the first time I ever saw Kelly fight. I, I, fight I don't, don't want to pick me against say. him either. I want to like you always pick against him, and he's another guy like Magny that just somehow forty some odd years old always just shows up and handles. Well, it. before that, before, before that, he's been matched a little carefully. Uh, you know, his eleven yeah. and one record isn't exactly against world beaters. But the way the way he just looks so. Amateurish with everything that he does. Okay, now I was impressed with his performance and his win, but I was not impressed with him as an MMA fighter. As a striker, his striker looked pretty sure, rough. As very a, sloppy. As a striker, power, he sloppy. did have some good hips as far as being able to so stop the takedowns. But then, like he wasn't a master when he got on top. He also has, but it's he has like, old what? man strength. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like to me, it's like what was he actually good at other than? 
having a lot of heart and Shoeface shitting the bed. I don't think that he beat Shoeface. I think Shoeface lost. He uh, has no finishes in the UFC. His only loss was to Sam Alvey by TKO. And yeah, in 10 seconds. That's like getting smiling. Hit by a yeah, smiling. Truck. So, I mean, somebody said that Shoeface, that his wife kept going, why do they keep calling him Shitface? <laughs> somebody was taking a tally of how many times they said Shoeface. It was amazing. Shoeface was amazing. Listen, guys, uh, we got to get out of here. Uh, but this has been fun. This has been a fun podcast. Tyler, it's good that you're back. So good to be back. Yeah, Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, It's always good to see you. Uh, CB, by the way, we're having a – CB's sister is really hot. So we're having a contest. Here we fucking go again. Who could pick up CB's sister? Go for the gold. Um, Is she on Twitter? Hashtag go for the gold. I don't know. You don't know know if she's on Twitter? I don't know. Yo, are we going to do that plan of having CB – Host no. the show. No, no, CB's no. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag CB host <laughs> roasted. Okay, uh, we want CB. Hashtag host. who could hook up with CB's sister? Go for the go. Um, so do the best pickup line for CB. You could actually CB will invite you to his parents' house for Thanksgiving. No, you could, I you won't. Could, you could hang but out. The one with thing I sister. might do is I might. Uh, Video Stalk my you. sister telling all of you to fuck off, whoever tweets me about her, or like individually bringing up like what Dana does based on your profile pic on Twitter. So bring whatever you got, and I'm going to have her backlash you, and you're going to get to the point. She's so smart, so witty, and so just fucking tough. You're going to cut your dick off and not even try to get at girls anymore. So bring it on. <laughs> Let's go. You're very normal. All right. So now really? I want to thank I want to thank our sponsors, Decipher, Decipher Life, the newly released audiobook, now available for download. You want to make a positive change in your life? You want to bang CB sister? You need to hear this book. You can download <laughs> Decipher Life from iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Look on their website. Don't get your at, mind right. At decipher.com. Okay, I recommend this book. Read it, and then you could bang his sister. Now, also, tip a fighter, okay? Uh, fighters are underpaid. It's bullshit. You want to give CB sister the tip? All right, go to tipafighter.com. Tipafighter.com. We could uh, we can get these fighters more money, okay? They're underpaid, grotesquely, and we could make a difference. So tipafighter.com. Fighters, join the revolution. Tip a fighter. Uh, what do you got coming up, Tyler? Uh, I'm local this week, so I'm probably at the HaHa maybe uh, this weekend. Uh, next weekend, I'm at Aces Comedy Club in Temecula, uh, yes. Friday, Saturday. Um, and I'm doing some basement gig in Santa Monica on Thursday. Garrett some, Webb. Someone's basement? I think it's called The Basement. Everyone's <laughs> on fire. Dude. I think it's a bar called The Basement. <laughs> it's not my basement, I promise. <laughs> You're doing CV's basement. Uh, and you, Bob, what do you got? I'm just – I don't have an opponent and I don't have a date, but I'm training for May 14th. Okay. That's, that's Bubba focus. wants in on anyone that gets injured and 145 above him. If you get injured, call Bubba. He's going to come fucking take that lunch money, get that belt. That's right. What CB said. <laughs> you should have him come out as your manager. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am Jewish, so I might do a good job. I, I really you think that UFC fighters – should have like wrestling managers, not like not like your real manager, but like you know how they have like Jimmy Hart or Bobby the Brain, where Paul you Bear where you come so out well. and you just talk shit the whole time. I would hire I would hire Chell. That would be great. I would hire Chell Sonnen. That was sad that he said he's never coming back to MMA. Really? He said that after the UR fight. He said they said what do you think? Your suspension's almost up. He said I'm done fighting. That was it. That's over. He says I'll a lot do. Of I'll continue doing grappling. Yeah, but he's one of the guys where he could say something and and, and something like that, and you. Kind of have to listen to it. Well, CB, what do you got coming up? Nothing much, man. I'm this uh, this UFC and Bellator absence for the next few weeks sucks. 
the next fight, the UFC is not till the 10th of April. The next Bellator is not till the 16th. You might have your hands full defending your sister's honor. <laughs> you know what? She don't need me, man. She don't need me. And, and for anybody else listening, she's got two eight-year-old boys, my nephews that I love to death. I'm teaching them jiu-jitsu. They're learning boxing as well. They'll fuck you up. So... You, you don't really want to step in the ring with with, with that uh, threesome. All right, that's kind of weird. Okay, so now Sorry, uh, you could say no, I totally agree. Uh, I'm at the Comedy Madhouse this Sunday in San Diego. People, Comedy Madhouse is Sunday uh, coming up. The Dime Bar every Tuesday night in Fair on Fairfax. I, I run the comedy show at the Dime Bar. I'm also coming up. I got a show in Little Rock, Arkansas, in Texas. I got a show in Texas coming up. Um, a lot of shows coming up in April. Uh, go to adamhunter.com to see where I am going to be at. April 12th is the premiere of my TV show, Living with Funny on Oxygen. It uh, follows Bad Girls Club on Oxygen. So uh, watch that. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, to Mark Coleman for being on our show. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>